following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha this is how it feels to fuck on cocaine. difficulties to start the show <laughs> oh but mario what what make a... sure make sure this show is recording make sure it goes through make sure whoever isn't listening to this live or watching this live there will be an episode after this that people can listen to i think i think we're good i think we're good uh because i'm watching right now the screen where we've been recording for the last half hour so i have to edit all that out like all like the dead silence and whatever else was being talked about so leo's not here okay leo's doing out there doing leo things as usual you know it's not on him we had to change days because uh ryan has actually has a wedding tomorrow and we had to do a show this week after everything that's kind of transpired in the last week so we're here on a saturday ryan thank you for still wanting to do a show and thanks to leo because i think i gave this man a heart attack trying to set everything up <laughs> well, hey, thanks for, uh, you know, once again, dealing with the, the crazy schedule that I have and, uh, you know, wanting and willing to do a show today. Um, you know, it's it's midday on a Saturday. It's it's a nice day out, but uh, we're here. We got a lot to talk about. It's a it's been a big week and it's a big weekend, too. Um, we got money in the bank tonight. And uh, yeah, man, you're fresh off of Chicago. Yeah. Door. Uh, we got a lot to get into. So we had to do a show this week, especially because we did do a show last oh. week and then it just kind of uh, vanished. It's it's almost we didn't do a show pretty much, but we did. So if that makes any sense. let's see if my vines are back up. Hold on. They're not up. I got to get Vince. Get back in here. <laughs> so what ended up to work to get. And he's not even getting paid. I know he's not even getting paid. He's Listen, like I'm here with Leo's family, and Leo's nowhere to be found at all. <laughs> and that, and that's his wife laughing because Leo's nowhere to be found whatsoever. He's trying. He's, he's trying. No, no, no. It's not Leo's fault. It's not Leo's fault whatsoever. No, no. Leo okay. gets a pass. This is not our normal day, so so he gets a pass. So pretty much what ended up happening was, all right, so let's backtrack. Okay, we did a show leading up to Forbidden Door. Me, myself, and Ryan stayed up to I think like one in the morning. Yeah. Doing like a two-hour episode, okay? Uh, Vince, I need my volumes back up. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Thank 
Shout outs to <laughs> shout outs to Vincent, which is Leo's son. Demand. Yeah, he's the, he's like doing this on the fly. Leo's yelling at him. I feel bad for him. Hold on, let's let's try this again. Congratulations, okay. you played yourself. Okay, there you go. That, that's not for you, Vince. But keep them up. Keep the keep the bonds up. Okay, so we did a show. We covered everything from Jeff Hardy's recent DUI arrest to the Vince McMahon allegations. And normally, when we do a show like from home. I kind of have the same setup at all times. Me and Ryan meet through Skype. We hit record. We talk about it. Obviously, the quality is not the same as like when we're in studio, but still decent quality where you could enjoy the podcast, get our opinions, talk about wrestling, etc. So it was late. So I think I was about, I had a quarter left to edit, okay? And I was getting tired, all right? I was getting tired. I was like, listen, I'll need to get some sleep. I did my regular shtick. That... A couple hours later, I wake up and I'm like, all right, let me get this podcast up. Let me, you know, post it. When I go into my laptop, it's like the file never existed. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened here? Like, what what happened to this episode? So now I'm looking through everything. I'm, I'm panicking. And I finally had to throw in the towel and give myself one of these. Congratulations. You played yourself. Because I don't know if it was like that forbidden curse that was going on with these the injuries and stuff. I don't know if it's Vince McMahon himself that just did not want this episode out. But the file completely vanished. I was so distraught because we talked about so much stuff. And then, unfortunately, I had to message you that morning telling you, Ryan, everything we recorded is completely gone. I mean, you know, you said something to me that I was like, well, I guess it's kind of true. You know, every good podcast has an episode that just never makes it to the air. And this <laughs> yeah. was hopefully our one and only time that that's ever going to happen. But uh, yeah, what a disaster. But I mean, luckily, we're back in studio here. So we know things will run smoothly here. And if you're not listening or watching live right now, um, you know, hopefully the podcast version will be out. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. We're like 30 minutes in, not this episode, but like just us recording just talking about everything so i don't know maybe we could use that as like an like an easter egg of just leo just yelling at vince i don't know something i don't know but um for those that are tuning in on facebook live just give us like a thumbs up or if the audio levels are good if you could hear us correctly because like i said leo the handles production he is not here so vince is kind of just doing this on the fly he's done things like this before but i, I think he's doing all right uh, just my opinion yeah yeah he's doing good doing good vince Keep it up. Okay. Before we get started, give me a second because we're bringing back the return of hashtag. It's Rebel time. Look at that. It looks like a big boy gulp right there. (laughs) Big boy sip. All right. Ryan, how are you, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. No complaints. Just, uh, you know. Got a busy schedule as of late, which is very obvious if you've uh, you know been following. That's why we're doing shows on random days and not our normal Sundays. But I'm here and I'm ready to talk some wrestling. Uh, but how are you? How are you? Fresh off of your trip, your weekend. I mean, man, I had so much FOMO living through you this past few days. Dude, I had a phenomenal time in Chicago. But before we talk about Chicago and just like me landing in Chicago hanging out with the rest friends, uh, the Forbidden Door experience, all that. I do, I think it's only right for us to briefly just touch on the Jeff Hardy situation and the Vince McMahon of it all. Um, okay. Just brief, just brief. We don't have to go um, into too much detail, but when it comes to the Vince McMahon allegations, right, and I said this on this episode that's never going to make air because it's like, it's gone. It's, it doesn't even exist anymore. We We went in detail on everything that's been coming out or whatever, and I think... 
the best way to kind of just address this is you kind of got to look at these allegations, right? As what's morally morally wrong and what's legally wrong. So, like, if he... If Vince, regardless of how you feel about it or whatever, if he did have this affair and treated this woman like a toy, which is disgusting if you read the all the all these things that are coming out, right? If he paid her as Vince McMahon from his bank account, legally he didn't do nothing wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if he paid this woman under the WWE account with WWE money, that's where legally he could get in trouble. And then you have all this John Laurinaitis stuff, etc. Listen, if you guys are following wrestling and just looking into all these allegations, you know everything that's going on. My personal opinion is I think somehow he's going to get a pass with these allegations, but everything that's coming out now with just the whole company being under investigation and Vince McMahon and company just all being investigated, I think this is going to open Pandora's box where there's going to be a lot of more things coming out. Because, listen, we all know, us as wrestling fans that know the insights and just read all these rumors and, you know, whether it's the dark side of the rings and all this other stuff of Vince McMahon not being such a good person, we know, like, hey, listen, he's a rich old man that does dirty shit. You know, not even some of the stuff that he's done on TV, right? We can only imagine some of the stuff that he's done privately. So this is not surprising to me. Um, And that's really... It's a shame. It's it's sad for me to say that this is all these allegations, everything that's coming out of this. It's not surprising, but I feel like this is gonna open Pandora's box where things are gonna happen, where people are gonna lose their jobs and maybe worse, right? Get exposed, and hopefully in the long run, this is gonna be a better move for WWE. My opinion. Um, and also, let's be honest, Vince McMahon appearing on WWE. WWE TV with these allegations is the biggest fuck you to everyone and is very tone deaf in my opinion. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, like you said, all this stuff is really not surprising given what Vince has done in the past and everything. And we, we know how he is and, and who he is. Um, and this is the type of man he is. And like you said, whether it was, uh, you know, legally done, you know, out of his pocket or under the WWE banner, either way, still pretty fucked up. We could all agree with that. Yes. Um, you know, something that is just disgusting behavior that we don't obviously condone. Um, but, you know, this is this is Vince for you. And I think we've all been waiting for the day that he steps down as the, the CEO and the chairman of, of WWE and uh, never really thought this day would come anytime soon. Um, and then, you know, regardless of him actually doing it, we all still know he's still in charge of the show. And like you said, him coming out week after week after week, making these brief appearances that really, at the end of the day, are completely unnecessary. He right. comes out, he's talking about John Cena, he's talking about um, how WWE's then now forever. Like, I'm just waiting for him to come out and talk about how, you know, WWE t-shirts, a buy one, get one free already at this point or something like that. I mean, he's just been talking about the, the dumbest things, so much unnecessary um, you know, airtime on TV. But like you said, it's a big F you to all the people that think he's not in charge anymore, that think he's going away, because he's not going away. Um, if anything, guys underneath him like John Laurinaitis and Kevin Dunn, who thank God, are probably gonna end up taking the hit and they'll be out. Um, so I hope they've packed their bags and they got one foot out the door ready because uh, you know. Along with Vince, I'd like to see those two guys out of the company for good, uh, never to be heard from again. But yeah, this is just something that, uh, you know, a crazy, crazy story that came out at this point. It's like three, four weeks ago. Um, but yeah, just something that is just uh, not surprising from the man himself, Vince McMahon. Speaking of something that's not surprising as well, just touch on the the Jeff Hardy situation. 
we went also on detail about the Jeff Hardy situation, and clearly there's a problem here. There's an addiction. You know, hindsight is 20, uh, 2020, where you look at, you know, what WWE was trying to do, like send them to rehab or whatever, so maybe they did see something um, before he ended up just walking out and he ended up getting his release. So, you know, it kind of changes my perspective. Like, hey, maybe WWE was doing, was doing right by Jeff Hardy. Um, this is not an AEW, them uh, re-signing him, or signing him. It's just clearly that there's an addiction there. There's a problem there. And I went on record saying, like, listen, I've witnessed addiction. I know what addiction is. And I, I understand how this is very repetitive and this is happening time and time again with Jeff Hardy. But there's a problem there. And his problem is so big, it doesn't matter if he has kids, if he has a wife, if he has family like his brother that are trying to support him and trying to be there for him. Listen, if you have an addiction, you're not going to stop for anyone else. You're going to stop for yourself. Um, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Um, some uh, news tidbits came out this week that apparently he's pleading not guilty for this DUI, which is it's a big head scratcher to me. I listen, I'm not, I, I listen, I'm not a lawyer. I know nothing about legal, but it's just completely weird. At the end of the day, listen, I, I, I'll be okay never seeing Jeff Hardy wrestle again. I just want him to be okay. I want him to be, be there for his family. And hopefully he'll get clean, man. This is uh, very repetitive with him. And it's very unfortunate. And it's very sad because while I know some people were talking down to Jeff Hardy, calling him this and calling him that, at the end of the day, he has a problem. And he, and I'm not making excuses for him driving drunk um, you know, behind the wheel. I'm not making excuses for that. But clearly there's an addiction there. There's a problem there. And... I just want him to get cleaned up. And listen, at the end of the day, you've never really heard a bad story when it comes to Jeff Hardy. You never heard any fan say, I had a bad experience with Jeff Hardy. So I think that's the reason why I have sympathy for the guy. I just want him to get clean. And if that means I'll never see him wrestle again, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, it's um, it really is just a shame to see him go down this same dark path time and time again. It's just, uh, you know, just when you think he's had a, a couple of years where he's completely clean, no incidents or anything like that, it's always like inevitable. It's only a matter of time before the next incident. And, uh, you know, we all thought he was fine. And, and even him and Matt joked around about it, about WWE wanting to send him to a rehab facility or, you know, to treat him or something like that. And, you know, they all laughed it off and everything. But I mean, now this kind of, you know, you look at this, you're like, wow, was WWE onto something there? You know, everybody's shitting all over them for that. Um, it's just like you said, it's really sad. It sucks because, you know, Jeff just started in AEW and his AEW run so far has just been a complete disaster, similar to Matt Hardy's uh, run in the beginning when he first arrived and nothing went right for him with the injuries and all that type of stuff. Um, this is just like I said, I don't really know what the future holds for Jeff Hardy. Like you said, if he never wrestles again, I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't need to see him wrestle ever again. I mean, he has literally nothing left to prove. I think this would have just been his, you know, uh, him and Matt's like final tour you know winning the aew tag titles and then hopefully riding off into the sunset because i don't see a singles run in his future uh, I, di I didn't before this incident happened and now even more so i don't see that happening either because if you're aew if you're tony khan even if jeff hardy and hopefully he does get clean and cleans up his act how do you ever put trust in this guy you know how do you ever trust this man ever again uh you know in a top spot or in a top storyline or top match top program whatever uh, on your t tv show um, I sure as hell wouldn't trust him anymore. And like you said, time and time again, it's just, it's really just unfortunate. And yeah, addiction sucks. It's rough. It's, you know, there's nothing, 
I'm not going to say there's nothing he could do because there is stuff that he could do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a disease and it affects a lot of people. And unfortunately it affects him really, really bad. And, you know, he's got a young daughter, he's got a wife. I just hope for their sake too. He cleans up his act. And, uh, I mean, I could say, I hope he cleans it up for good, but I mean, every time I say that it's never the case, but let's hope for real this time. Uh, this is an eye opener and you know, that, that's all I can really say. Um, you know, yeah, it's sad. sad stuff, sad stuff. Uh, let's just wish the, the best for Jeff Hardy. Hopefully he can get his act together. Um, okay. Forbidden Door, Chicago Weekend. My Chicago Weekend for Forbidden Door. Let's, uh, let's kind of rewind back to Friday. I didn't get home from work Friday night. I think it was like around 11 o'clock, dude. So, and my flight was at 6 in the morning, I think. I think, yeah, it was at 6 in the morning. So... Shout out to Sam, Sammy Suplex, Lucha, uh, Lucha Outsiders alumni. He he was joining me in this trip. You know, uh, he hit me up. He drove to my house about um, three ish, give or take. He left the car there. We took an Uber to the airport, and um, yeah, we were on our way to Chicago. We landed, I think, seven thirty ish, if I'm not mistaken. I hit up Iridium from the Rest Friends, and yeah, Iridium Teddy picked us up. Um, very, very grateful for that. And that's where our weekend kind of started, dude. Um, we ended up going to uh, this spot in Ch- downtown. I think it's downtown Chicago. I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. This place called Stacks. It's like this nice little breakfast restaurant gimmick. The food there was great. Um, the personnel there was even better. And I'll leave it as that because I'm sure Teddy and Oridian are probably going to crack up when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> but we just had a really great time. Um, this is the first time that... Teddy and Oridian got to like meet Sam in person. Obviously, I I went oh, wow. out, yeah I went out there to Chicago before and we hung out. But you know we were really excited just to all hang out. You know during the pandemic, uh, myself, Oridian, Teddy really really got close because we would do like you know video chats and just we were constantly always talking just about wrestling, about life, etc. And that's like the beauty about I guess like the the wrestling community, right? Well, I do talk shit about the wrestling community because I feel like a, a good plethora of people are just toxic and annoying and just terrible people. You know, there's people like the Rush Friends and obviously you, Ryan, and, you know, the whole Royal Ramble crew. Shout outs to Brian. You know, like people I've met, some of the people that I met in the wrestling community have just been great people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, while there's a lot of trash out there, there still is a lot of great people. And obviously the Rush Friends are, are some of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've uh, I've met them in Chicago last year, and then I saw Iridian this year in Dallas, and I completely agree. It's like wrestling has really brought so many great people and great fr- great friends into my life, and it's it's almost like you know I go on these trips to meet up with all these people too, because you know I don't see them obviously that much. And me and you too, you live in Jersey, I live here in New York. Like we don't even really hang out like here right. when we're both like home, we right. hang out more when we're on trips right. uh, than we are here. So yeah, I mean, I completely agree hundred percent. There's definitely some trash, which you're always going to get. Um, that's in anything, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, wrestling fans, right. but that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree hundred percent. So many great people that I've met through this lovely, lovely sport of pro wrestling. So afterwards, after we had breakfast, Aridian and Teddy, they 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 listen. They were awesome guests. Okay, like if you if you guys don't follow Rest Friends, make sure you follow them. They're just phenomenal people. They just kind of took us on a tour of Chicago, but not like like the touristy stuff. Like they took us deep into Chicago, and we got to see like amazing street art. And I'm I'm a big fan of art and designs and just 
dope shit like that. And we do have some of this st- stuff in Jersey, New York, but I feel like, I don't know, due to the powers to be, I guess, like, for whatever reason, a lot of, like, the city will try to, like, remove it. So you kind of got to know, like, specific spots where you see this kind of stuff. Like, I know there's some spots in Brooklyn or you can see some street art, but like, unfortunately in the world we live in at times, there's just some people that just doesn't like that shit and they'll like remove it. But in Chicago, yeah. it's like all over the place, especially some of the parts they took us. And man, I'm just such a big fan of street art. If you follow my personal page, you got to see some of the, the, the photos I took and it, it's just amazing work, uh, work of art. And I don't know something about Chicago. I was telling them this, and and Sam agreed with me. Something about Chicago, it's like, okay, right, I took a flight over here, but it doesn't feel like I'm too far away from home. Like, it kind of gives you, like, that vibe, like, I don't know. Like, it kind of gives you, like, that vibe. Maybe it's because it's, like, a big city. It kind of has, like, a little resemblance of New York and Philadelphia and maybe parts of Jersey. Like, it just has, like, this home vibe. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I think you said it in your post. You're like, Chicago's like my home away from home or it's because it feels like it's not so far from home right, or something yeah. like you said like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I get that vibe too when, I, when I'm when i there. I mean, I've gone to Chicago now every year for the past three years, um, you know, for all outs um, and stuff. And yeah, I just, I really love the city. It's similar to New York, but uh, it's a better New York. I mean, yeah. that's just my opinion. Oh, man, <laughs> so, listen. The New Yorkers are like, what do you mean it's a better yeah, New York? Yeah, like a typical um, yeah. New listen, listen, like a typical listen. New Yorker just like, what do you mean it's better than New York? I still, as much as I love the deep dish pizza, I still do take New York pizza over Chicago pizza. Right. But besides that, it's a cleaner New York. It's just the vibes are way yeah. better. And again, I don't live there, so I'm not there all the time. But right. every time I am there, um, you know, just feels like a, just a breath of fresh air. I, I enjoy it. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, I know. Fucking September, bro. All out. All out week. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So after that, uh, I think we, uh, Sam and I finally checked into our hotel. Um, we chilled out for a bit. And then we had dinner with Russ Friends and um, Teddy's other half, Sergio. Good brother, Sergio. Sergio's a great guy, okay? To the point that a lot of people think that me and him are related. Because I guess, he, you know, we have the same skin complexion. He's tall. I'm tall. We're covered in tattoos. And he's just a great guy, okay? He's he's my Adam Cole to my Jay White. Even though, just no beef. No beef, no issues, no nothing, all right? But that's pretty, we're team bestie, okay? But no, no, no. Uh, Sergio's just a great dude. And Sergio got to meet Sam as well. And we ended up having dinner at this place called... Oh, man, fucking the restaurants are going to shit on me if I get this wrong. I think it's called Portfilios, if I'm not mistaken. Portillos? Portillos. There you go. There you go. That, that's what yeah. it is, right? Or is it Portfilios? It's kind of- is, it, is it like uh, the beef place? Yes. Yes. It's like yeah, yeah. they have. So the, the best way to describe for people that have never been to Chicago, it's kind of like boardwalk food. Like you mm-hmm. have like your sausages and your burgers and your fries and your shakes and this and that and more gimmicks and all this other stuff it is the best way to describe it. It's kind of like boardwalk food, but man, the food is fucking there. It's great. It's great. Um, they had great shakes too. We had that. And then afterwards we ended up going to some bar in I want to say downtown Chicago. And that was cool too. It was a nice little bar that we went to and we had drinks. We were all just kind of just enjoying the night just talking, um, you know, Sam getting to know more about the restaurants and Sergio. It was just a great time, and it was a great night. Um, the following uh, morning, Rush Friends, as grace, great hosts that they are, they took us out for fucking uh, breakfast, right? So they picked us up, and we had tacos. Now, 
I've said this before. I don't think I've ever said this to you. I, I mentioned it to Leo a couple times. I'm not big on tacos. Like, I'm not. Like, tacos ain't necessarily my thing. But no. let me tell you That's... something. Chicago tacos, this is the second time. Because the first time I went out to Chicago, they took me to a taco place. The taco place they took me, uh, took us this time. I think the place is called Paco's Tacos, if I'm not mistaken. Let me tell you, these tacos are next fucking level. Like, I've never had tacos like this. Like, I've had them in Chicago. Like, I don't know, something about it. It just, it just feels like you're having, like, a legit taco from Mexico. I think that's the best way to describe it. They're just fucking amazing. Uh, the food there is great. And, um, yeah, we, 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 we had a great breakfast. I was all about having a taco um, at, I think it was, like, 11 o'clock in the morning or something. It, it tasted fucking great. Then we went to the Riverwalk in Chicago. That was an experience in itself. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, the people there. We, uh, we had uh, some drinks over there as well. Um, just the views. I'm a big fan of views. And just the views out there in Chicago is, is just next level, man. Maybe because I do enjoy the views out here in the city, too, especially like with the bridges and, you know, like um, Coney Island, et cetera. Like, I enjoy the views out here, too. But I mm. guess because, like, you feel like you're at home and it's, like, nothing new. It, yeah. it hits differently, right? When you're out somewhere else, like somewhere that you're not from there, just seeing these views that you normally can't see, like, I can, it's not like I could just get in my car and be like, hey, let me drive to Chicago. Like, I can't just mm -hmm. do that. I mean, I could, but, you know, I, I'm going to be there, like, what, the next day or whatever? So, like, it's not like I can, it's not as easy, right. like me going to New York or me going to Atlantic right. City or me going down the shore. It's not as easy. So, like, I, I really got to, like, appreciate the views and just, like, the sights, the sights of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that river walk. It's so nice. And just the color of the water down there too. It's like a greenish like mm -hmm. color. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. I think it looks awesome. Some people might say, Oh, it looks gross, but like, I, I'm not saying I would ever swim in there, but like just the views, just the pictures you could take, uh, you see the boats going, going around yeah, and stuff. Uh, definitely a cool vibe, uh, for sure, man. It's just, uh, I'm all about views as well. I'm all about like that that sightseeing type of yep. stuff too. Like when I go on wrestling trips like that, like don't get me wrong, go there for the wrestling, love to do the wrestling stuff. But I just also love to explore whatever city, uh, you know, the event is in and just go see the nice sights and, and the sounds uh, of the places you're going to. And yeah, Chicago down there at the river walk, it's, it's really beautiful. So after the, uh, after the, um, the river walk, we ended up, uh, going back to the hotel, you know, kind of just chill yeah. out before the show started and then once again, the perfect host that they are, Teddy and Aridian came, picked us up. We headed towards the venue. And we, I, when we were driving there, right when we were getting to the venue, I believe the pre-show already had started. And I believe it was, um, it was, oh God, it was um, Goto and Yoshihashi versus. I did not watch the pre-show. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Uh, speaking of which, I was I was waiting to, to bring it up because, uh, you know, I just want to say it out of nowhere but uh our boy mr brian sendek is going off in the uh chat he says happy saturday fellas shout out to the best wrestler alive today yoshi freaking hashi for killing that forbidden door on sunday and last night on rampage nobody better this was all yoshi hashi's doing after you called him the kona reeves of njpw brian i love you but i don't believe a word you say and i'm gonna hit you with one of these <laughs> congratulations you played yourself no listen Brian, the second he found out that I just, I'm not a fan of Yoshihashi, I swear to God, it's like almost every day this guy is harassing <laughs> me about Yoshihashi. And I know brought it on yourself. And, and I know he's doing it on purpose. I know he's <laughs> doing it on purpose. But man, it's like, 
God, thank God I missed the pre. I don't even know who who did Yoshihashi and Goto fight in the pre-show. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I I skipped the pre-show. I was oh, not I was not in for the pre-show. It, it, it listen. I'm sure it was. I th- I, was it the was it the Ass Boys or the Acclaimed? Maybe it was the Ass Boys. I don't know. It was it was some dumb. I I looked at the pre-show and I was like, yeah, this, this looks like a waste of time. So I just uh, skipped out on. <laughs> Oh my god. So hold I'll tell you right now. Who did they fight? They fought yeah, they fought um no, they actually fought um QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Oh, geez, way off. Way off the mark, eh? Two other two other dumb jobbers. Well listen, I completely missed the pre-show. I'm I, from what people that were there and that did watch the pre-show, they said the pre-show was great. And I'm sure it was, but hey, I, I, I'm, I'm sure there were great matches. Right. You just don't I, care, I just you know. So we got to the venue and I was just very excited too because I'm at the United Center too. This is the, the the fucking arena that Michael Jordan played out. So I was like, that was like something off my bucket list. Like, man, this is pretty cool that I'm at the United Center. So just being at the arena and just seeing like all like the championship, like you see like on the on the arena, like all the championships they won and shit. It, it's just it's really dope. And United Center kind of like gave me a little bit of like a Madison Square Garden vibes. Like that that's kind of like the vibe mm-hmm. I got. I don't know if you ever got to be at the United Center ever. No, no, I've never been there. Um, we'd definitely like to. That's definitely a bucket list item. It's it's one of the best uh, arenas uh, here in America. That's what everybody says, and it looks huge. So uh, yeah, and it's got a lot of history with the you know all, all that stuff in there. And I think they have the uh, the Michael Jordan statue in there as well, right? Um, that I didn't see, but also I didn't walk around the whole arena. I know Sam uh-huh. took pictures of all their fucking championships. Well, I was like fucking jealous. I'm like, damn, where did you see that? But mm-hmm. um. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I definitely bucket list item to go see a show there for sure. I'm sure I'll get there eventually. Um, hey, you know, maybe All Out will be there, which would be uh, freaking awesome. But uh, but yeah, no, it definitely looks cool. Uh, another thing I want to um, uh, compliment just Chicago in general, and specifically, specifically um, everybody working at the United Center, the organization of just getting to the venue, just checking through, you know, like the, the gimmick, the metal detector, all that stuff. It was Listen, it was night and day compared to out here in the East Coast. Like out here, <laughs> listen, I, I love Jersey. I I love New York as well. Listen, this is my home. But I, to be completely honest, going to shows like this or even concerts, it's a fucking mess. It's a fucking disaster. It's yeah. it, it's never organized. None of that shit. It's just always a fucking hassle. Going to the United Center, I swear to God, it was like such a it was a piece of cake, man. Like I can't wow. think of a time. I've gone to a venue and it wasn't like a disaster getting into it. Wow. That's just, that's really great to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, uh, like I said, you, you want that to be the experience every single time. I mean, these arenas, they need to be prepared for the events that they're holding. I mean, United Center's had plenty of, uh, you know, experiences so far with not just wrestling events like this, but big events, right. you know, uh, you know, I'm sure Stanley Cups and all that stuff too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you would think, uh, but that's really great to hear that they had their shit together. You don't have to stress about getting in, missing any part of the show. That's always my worst fear about going to these things, you know. I also wanted to shout out to uh, my buddy uh, from Wrestling wrestling with Unicorns. He's a great follow on Instagram. Uh, my buddy mm-hmm. Martin. I got to bump into him, and I used to see him like on the regular at GCW shows because he used to come from Chicago. He's a Chicago guy. He used to come from uh, uh, Chicago to AC to you know cover the GCW shows. I haven't seen him in months, but I, I got to chop it up with him real quick. So shout out to him. He's a great follow on Instagram, and he, he does incredible camera work. So make sure you give him a follow. He gets our seats, amazing seats. And the show starts. I'm not going to cover the pre-show. Let's just get into these matches. Um, 
I feel even with the changes and the injuries and unfortunate situations where people couldn't make it out here to the States, I feel like this was a very close to perfect pay-per-view overall. Um, even with people not being too hype, and I understand they were kind of, AEW's kind of like in a weird situation where they're trying to push and book Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts at the same time, and they're telling like two, you know, two different stories here, like the the build to it. But man, even with the changes, just everything that transpired, I think this was a very close to perfect pay per view overall. Yeah, it was great. It really was a great show. Um, listen, it's exactly how I thought it was going to go down. Amazing matches all night long. I mean, really, every single yep. match delivered. I don't. I have no complaints about anything. And it was a fun show, you know, to see certain guys from New Japan interact with certain guys from AEW that you really never thought. Although, you know, it wasn't the dream matches that we had right. hoped for. Obviously, we have talked at length about how this card, obviously, you know, there's been a lot of uh, BS and, and a lot of uh, injuries and stuff like that. Um, it just seems like the show was cursed from, from the get-go. But still, it definitely delivered in a big way. Um, you know, I as much as I wasn't really hyped up on it going into it, obviously I still watched it, right. and obviously I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, you know, like I said, every single match delivered, and um, yeah, I mean, this is, I think it was very successful, and I, I think well, there, there's definitely going to be another one. There has to be another one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but it's, there's already you know, it definitely will be a, a yearly thing. So... Let's start. Let's start. Let's just uh, break down the whole card or whatever, because there's so much to talk about here. So, uh, they started the show with the, the the main show. It was uh Team Jericho, Sammy G, and Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Shota, and Wheeler Yuta. This is a great fucking opening match. And by the way, I just have to throw this out there. My God, take Connie. Jesus fucking Christ! Did you see the <laughs> outfit she had on? Oh, yeah. I saw it. Oh my. Oh. Bro, I, I just can't, but like it, it kind of was distracting me like in the first like couple minutes of the match because I just kept on I kept on telling like already and Teddy I'm like oh my god look at look at Tay there was like <laughs> listen, sure they loved it there, listen there, there was a lot of luggage show there was a lot of luggage showing a lot was happening there but I enjoyed it one thousand percent Sammy G you are one lucky bastard good for you my friend but this match was really really dope man and what I loved about this match too was. On top of on top of like just the great action that we got in, in the ring, especially with the back and forth chops between Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki, and their chests looking like hamburger meat, man, they really spotlighted Shota. And I kept on telling Aridi and Teddy, I'm like, yo, this guy's giving me like Tanahashi vibes. Like I feel like if he continues to uh, on the path that he's on, because he had such a great showing in this match. So l listen, Jericho like put him in defeat. Jericho put him over really really well in this match and mm -hmm. he started and he gave me kind of tanahashi vibes with the hair and everything yeah. too you know he definitely looks like a mini tanahashi listen i've been a fan of of, of shota umino um ever since his run um you know as a young lion with uh you know moxley when he went through the g1 and everything mox really just uh really mentored him and took him under his wing and i think that really helped him a lot and now doing his uh excursion thing still here in the states um you know and uh is he, he actually he's back in new japan right yeah, i knew I he so. did uh yeah, I believe so. yeah. He's back in new japan. Yep. um yeah he's gonna be a big time player for sure you could already see the potentials yeah. there uh, this kid's a stud and i'm really really high on him and uh yeah i just i think uh you know 
New Japan's got a young stud on their hands that could really, really be one of the next top stars and one that they desperately need over in New Japan, too, because they're just lacking at the moment. I mean, you can only watch Okada and Tanahashi and Naito wrestle each other, uh, you know, <laughs> so much. Right. And I think, you know, Shota Umino could be a guy that really steps in there and becomes the next big thing in New Japan for sure. I So much potential. And also, they can't they can't miss the boat on it either because I feel like time and time again they kind of missed the boat like on a guy like Sonata so they can't miss yeah. the boat with Shota. Yeah, 100%. They they really they a lot of the guys there are very underutilized um and you always want more for some guys over there and yes, yeah, Sonata is a perfect example of that and they 100% can't go down the same road because like I said they need top stars. They, right. can, they can't afford to butcher all these young lines that they come in uh you know and go through the excursion process and everything like that and then they come back to New Japan it's like, you know, um uh, what what was that guy um Master Watto, right? Okay, not... Nothing, not like like not a big deal at all. Like just some some jobber. Like what a waste of time. Mm. Oh, him. He has Yoshi. For... No, let me stop. I was gonna say he has Yoshi Hashi right all over. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, he he definitely. I mean, he's, well, he's, he's giving the upper hand over Yoshi yeah, yeah. but he's, same. He's... You know. borderline Yoshihashi, okay? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Listen, Great Okan is one guy that they are building up now, and he could be Have you... a big deal. And he's a but... great follow on Instagram. Oh, my God, dude. I think everybody became a massive fan of this guy over the past two weeks. Uh, just, you know, hanging out in Vegas and doing all these things in the States. Man, this this guy, when you talk about making the most of your time here in the USA, uh, you know, <laughs> Great Okan's a perfect example of that. All right, let's go. Uh, and obviously, Jericho, Sammy G, and Minoru Suzuki did go over a great, great opener, great match. Um, uh, they they followed up with FTR, United Empire, Great Okan, and Jeff Cobb, and Rapungi Vice, Rocky Romero, Tramperetta, triple threat match for all the titles: the Ring of Honor Tag Titles and the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Titles. Great match. I te until Teddy mentioned it to me. They were like, yo, I think something happened to Dax because he kind of just went down at some point. I'm like, what the fuck uh -huh. happened? And I'm like, no, no, no. But, you know, they, they swerved us because he ended up coming back. And what a what a great fucking run that FTR is having right now. I know a lot of people are saying, like, yo, Dax Harwood could be Harwood could be like wrestler of the year just with the great performances he's having. Um, yo, FTR is on a run right now. And it's very interesting. So they obviously went over, they captured the IWGP um tag champ so now they're three they hold three sets of tag titles so they're like the new belt collectors right with the iwgp tag titles the triple a tag titles and then the ring of honor tag titles but what's very very interesting that this wasn't the original plan the original plan was for the bucks to capture the iwgp tag titles and then I, what i would think is if, if i'm booking i think the direction that we're trying to go is like the bucks having two sets of titles ftr has two sets of titles, mm -hmm. and then all titles are going to be on on the line at all out. I thought that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could still go in that direction, but it'll it'll be. I think they could go in the direction where, listen, the Bucks. Hey, we beat you for these titles, and you know, we got your number or something like that. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think uh, the Hardy Boys situation really put a wrench in this because um, I think Brian Alvarez came out and said, like, right after the Jeff Hardy incident, that the. Uh, the Hardy Boys were going to win that those tag titles in that ladder match against the Bucks and Jurassic Express. So maybe because they had to pull that swerve and they wanted to take the titles off of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, um, they threw it on the Young Bucks and that kind of like ruined all plans uh, for that. But I still think at All Out, it's going to be the Young Bucks versus FTR. I feel like it's got to be, and I feel like it's going to be a classic match and it's going to be a winner-take-all. 
and um you know for all the belts that ftr has and then for obviously the aew tag titles as well and ftr will have uh, another set of titles i don't even know how they can carry all these but um they're on a legendary run like you said and they're going to go down as one of the best tag teams of all time exactly what they set out to do and what they set out to accomplish when they first got into this crazy business and um yeah, man, Tony Khan's giving them everything they ever hoped yeah. for, and they're delivering in a big way, too. It's not like Tony Khan just handing all this stuff to them. They are absolutely delivering time and time again. And, um, you know, I thought this triple threat match was great. And, listen, if we can get FTR over in Japan now with everything opening How up, would that be? we can get some stars going yeah. going there. Oh, my goodness. Now, while a tag division is not super strong over there, it's a good start having FTR go over there and, and work some of those guys and some of those teams and just to see how they, um, you know, how the Japanese audience, um, you know, reacts to them as well. Uh, definitely going to be fun. Speaking of this whole Forbidden Door concept, it leads me to the next match was the Fatal 4-Way for the crowning of the All-Atlantic Championship. And, yo, this four-way delivered 1,000%. And we knew right off the bat, even if Ishii was going to be in the match that was going to deliver. But, like, everybody was, like, really Clark Connors, right? But once again, AEW continues to prove where you might not give a shit about a guy in the beginning, but somehow they sell you where you're like, holy shit, I give a shit. I actually do care about this guy. Listen, Clark Connors was getting destroyed by Miro, Pac, and Malachi Black, I want to say like 75, maybe 80% of this match. And then out of nowhere, Con Connors, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he drank a Rebel, sniffed a line of Coke, or did something. But he just started like going nuts like a maniac to the point where the crowd got behind him. Because mm -hmm. we didn't give a shit about Clark. Even people in in our section, like Iridian, and Iridian was asking me, like, who's Clark Connors? And Teddy was like, I know he's in New Japan strong, but like... It was nobody really gave a shit about the guy, right? But because yeah. of this match of him getting his ass whooped, and they were telling such a great story, when he finally started getting offense, yo, he got the crowd to the point that now we give a shit about Clark. We give a shit about Clark Connors. The whole crowd saying, like, let's go, Clark. The guy that nobody cared about in the beginning of the match. So you have somebody go over in the match. Pac wins the All-Atlantic Championship, which I think was the right call, too, especially him being an AEW original, right? He wins the title. And then you get another guy that nobody gave a shit about in the beginning with. You get him over because now when he goes to these New Japan Strong tapings or whatever else, people are going to care about the guy because they're like, yo, this guy has such a great showing in this Fatal 4-Way. Yeah, mission accomplished. That's exactly what they had to set out for. Um, I was critical of the decision to put Clark Connors in this match just because, you know, like, no, again, nobody knows who he is right. and, and all that stuff, and there's no excitement. I, I never, like, said he was never going to come out of this looking like a star. I kind of knew that he was going to have a breakout performance. He kind of had no reason not to have a breakout right. performance when he's in there with those three guys mm -hmm. that he's in there with, you know, and they'll obviously elevate him and make him better. Um, and I always knew he was a good worker, right. but he I just right. wanted... I wanted a guy like Goto or a guy like Sonata or even a guy like Kenta, who I'm not really a big fan of, but like in there, a well-known New Japan guy in there with right. these three other guys. Um, but listen, Clark Connors definitely delivered. It's only going to help him and elevate him. Absolutely. I think he's another stud, like we talked about with Shota Umino. He could be another guy that, you know, in Japan gets over big and becomes that next like big foreign star. I mean, listen, I could see it. He's a great worker. Mm -hmm. It's just all about, you know, the opportunities he's given and, um, you know, how the audience reacts to him. But this is a great showing for him. It was a great match overall. And, um, you know, I thought Malachi Black had a good chance of winning this title. I never really gave Pac um, a 
not, I wouldn't say I never gave him a chance, but I didn't think out of all the guys in the match that he was going to be the one um, to get the win. But like you said, I think it's the right decision. This guy's been there since day one. He was at the the first press conference that AEW did. Um, he hasn't won a, a major title, mm-hmm. you know, in a long, long time. I'm not even like even on the Indies and stuff too. I don't right. think he's become a champion at all. I think since... the last the last title he held, I think, was like the Dragon Gate Championship, and that's when he that's when that he was showed... like when he first when got he... back on the indie scene in like yeah. what 2019. That's when he showed up. That's when he showed up at um the press conference. He had that title with him. That yeah, first yeah. So that was a long yeah. time ago, right yeah. at this point. So good for Pac. He needs something to do. You know, unfortunately, and I understand that. You know, we'll get into this more. You know, there was the Blood and Guts episode of AEW this week, but like he wasn't even on it. Like he, there was no mention of his title win or anything. Right. So I really just, I'm very like skeptical of this new title. But let's see how it how it gets booked and everything, and uh, you know, see where they go with it. But oh, good oh. for Pac. I was listening to uh, an interview with Tony Khan yesterday, and he did say that this championship is going to be a traveling championship. He said that Pac is back in his home, and he plans on defending in these smaller promotions. And he said that, you know, you never know if Pac could show show up at, like, a New Japan show and defend the title. So it is going to be a traveling championship. But I do agree with you. Like, they should have done more. Even, like, so what if Pac went home? Give me a video package or something of him you know, talking shit right, and, and right. being like, "Hey, I'm the first champion. I'm welcome, welcoming any anybody who in whatever promotion or something." Like, give me something. Just the fact that they didn't mention anything does rub me the wrong way too. But I'm still not losing hope that this title can't be something. No, no, for sure. It's just like off the bat, it just didn't feel like it was like that important. It, it meant anything, right. you know? Yeah, it just didn't feel like an important title win. And again, following up, and you don't even mention it, people probably already forgot about it. So w- one last thing, I, I do also appreciate how giving established guys like Miro, like Pac and Malachi were so giving also to uh, Clark Connors because, listen, this was an opportunity to make a guy, and they did that. Listen, Miro went through a fucking table, so it's like, good for them. It just goes to show you the 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 brotherhood of, of, the, of this wrestling world that they're willing to, you know, give a little shine to a guy that obviously is not as known as they are, not as established. Yeah, listen, they get it. All these, all three of these guys are pros, and they know that while they're not like complete veterans yet, and, and they all three of them have a lot more to give um, in this business. But I mean, compared to a guy like Clark Connors, they are veterans, and I'm sure they all are very aware that this guy has looked up to guys like them. And yeah, I mean, it's only right, like you said, you always got to give back. And uh, like I said, these three are pros, and uh, yeah, I thought it it was really, really great. I would have loved Ishii in there, but uh, you know, Clark Connors uh, really showed up and showed yeah, out. Really so good for him. Man. He really did. All right, there were some changes to this match. We had the dudes with attitude, Darby Allen staying in Shingo. Uh, unfortunately, Hiromo Takahashi couldn't make it. Um, I, what was it? What was the report that he had like a little fever, and that's the reason he had why a fever. He had a yeah, fever. listen, I, I hate to like make poke fun at this because I do hope Hiromo is okay. But my goodness, I saw that. I think it was like the day before uh-huh. the pay per view or whatever that it came out that he has a fever, and I just started like cackling to myself i'm like jesus christ what else could happen on um, I'm, I'm just waiting for one of the yep. like wrestlers to wake up in the morning and like fall out of bed the wrong way or like stub their toe or like jam their finger in a door like i mean like what else could possibly go wrong here um but i do hope Romu's okay it's just like you know i would have loved to see him yeah. in that match i know yeah teddy was kind of disappointed because she's a big lij a big shingo and takahashi fan um so we had uh the dudes with attitude you know minus a takahashi versus one time only, a, ni- a nice little Bullet Club reunion, or at least the Young Bucks reuniting with the Bullet Club. It was Young Bucks and El Phantasmo. Listen, 
Um, Shingo came out first. He got a really nice pop. Then Darby Allen, and then Sting's music hit. No sign of Sting. The yeah. Bucks came out with their old Bullet Club gear that gave me a Huge big pop. pop, big pop, baby. Huge big pop. pop. And El Fantasmo came with Hukuleo, and then the lights go out. And then prior to this, I was like, "Yo, imagine if Sting is in the rafters, right?" So what happens? The lights go on out. Everybody's looking up, and you see who you thought was Sting, right? Next, you know, the lights go back off, and then you just see Sting on the top of like the like the entrance gimmick, and he flies off and just lands on everyone. I'm like, yo, you know what I love about Sting is that at his age, he's willing to do whatever. He just does not care, but he looks good at it. So I'm just so happy for Sting, and it's crazy that you know in 2022 we're seeing Sting pretty actively, man, and it's not like. I'm getting tired of Sting or like Sting shouldn't be doing this. Like he's not giving us that vibe at all. He's not doing too much. He's just doing, he's just doing these crazy spots here and there when it's, you know, warranted and it's great. It's like, he's channeling his inner, like Shane McMahon. It's like, he's always looking for that thing that he could jump off of now. Like he loves jumping off of things that are like, you know, like so high and stuff. I mean, my goodness, this was fantastic. Um, You know, huge pop from the crowd. Yeah, man. And even the match itself the too, match like really Sting just, Sting does not look like, like, you know, you, you watch like some of the legends matches in WWE, like you watch Goldberg, you're like, all right, hang it up. We watched The Undertaker the past few years, hang it up. I watch Sting and I don't get that vibe where it's like, all right, Sting, like, hang it up. I'm like, gee, I want to see more. Like, I want to see what else he's going to do. Um, it's crazy. Like you said, in the year of 2022, for how long Sting has done this and how long he's been in the business. I mean, my goodness, this guy has not slowed down. He, he has not skipped a beat. And I'm just like still laughing at all the people that shit all over AEW and Tony Khan for bringing Sting in and and talking about how much of a liability he is and all that stuff. I mean, he has been utilized great in an in, a, in an amazing way. He's given us so many iconic right. moments there mm-hmm. um, it, over the years that. already in AEW. It's just like, gosh, he's uh man, I, I I love it. I absolutely love it. It's so great to see. Not even that, but like, you know, like the Jim Cornettes and like the Disco Infernals, Infernals of the world that criticize AEW of them being too much of like a spot fest or whatever. Listen, a legend like Sting, right, is fucking doing the spots too and he's okay with him. So what? Are you going to criticize Sting too? Like this legend? Like, come on, like Sting knows what's... Sting is a great worker in the sense like he knows what the fan base wants. He knows what this specific fan base wants and what they're going to get. Yeah. And listen, Sting is not really doing much. He's giving us his greatest hits in the ring. He's working with younger guys that's going to make him look like a, a thousand, a million bucks. And he just likes jumping off of shit. That's his new thing. And and good for Sting. As long as he's not getting hurt and as long as yeah. he has, he's working with guys that are going to protect him, go for it. Why, why not? I just love the fact that Sting is just willing to do anything and everything. <laughs> He's having the time of his life, and what a great final run this has been for him. And I do, I'm not saying it's going to stop anytime soon, right. but he has acknowledged that this is his final run in wrestling. I mean, you know, come on. Um, but, man, it's like he's going to be going out the complete right way. Um, it just looks like he's having a blast and, uh, you know, working with all these young guys. It's just like and, – and all the guys that are working with him too. Like, um, I'm sure Shingo was just, like, having a blast working with Sting. I mean, you know – uh, Hiromu would have as well. Yeah. Um, even the Young Bucks too yeah. acknowledge working with Sting because, I mean, maybe they have before in the past, but not to this capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just like the first time ever encounters you see with these certain people um, and Sting. I mean, half these guys were probably like, "Wow, I, I'm never going to get to work Sting," and now here we are. They're working with Sting, so it's crazy. 
a couple of things I wanted to point out with this match. I popped huge when uh, Shingo and Sting were doing, a, a, I think, a double-team move. I want to say it was on ELP. I could be wrong. or Maybe it was one of the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And they both acknowledged each other, and they both did a fist pump. Um, yo, that whole crowd yeah. popped yeah. that. And I was like, yo, what a cool fucking moment. Just seeing Shingo... Just doing it like just doing a dab with Sting. Like, how dope is that? Like, who would ever thought that? Like, when Shingo showed up in New Japan a couple years ago, I think it was in 2018, that mm. years later, this guy was going to be in the same ring as Sting. Like, how Dude, dope is that? I know. There's no way he would have ever imagined that either. Like, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's the cool part, too, about this New Japan AEW show is you get to see these type of, like, interactions that you never really thought you would see. I mean... I don't know. I'd never had, not even just in my, on my 2022 bingo card, but in like any bingo card, I've never had like Sting and, and Shingo Takagi tag teaming in, in the same match with each other. Like never in a million years thought that would happen. Um, so yeah, big pop at that spot too. And and up until this point too, I mean, after this match was over, this was like my match of the night so far. I know it was only like the third, fourth yeah. match in, um, but this match was so much freaking fun. Also, I wanted, uh, I also wanted to just uh, um, kind of uh, acknowledge that Yo, ELP and the Young Bucks had some really great chemistry. They kind of gave me old yeah. school, like Kenny Omega Bucks vibes when they first started tagging. Like, like yeah, remember yeah. When they used to do like the Cork and Hall, like six man, like when they yeah, first yeah. were like the elite, when they pretty much dubbed themselves the elite. That's the type of vibes they were giving me. And I don't know, it's just cool seeing the Bucks wearing the old Bullet Club gear again. And I don't know, it was just the overall, it's such a great match. But I'm glad that Shingo, Sting, and Darby did go over. And I'm glad that Shingo's the one that picked up the win, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very very good point. Yeah, it was good to see because I was wondering how they were gonna like really. Uh, you know, I know like a lot of these matches were tag matches and stuff like that, and whoever was like a champion for New Japan's was gonna go over, and she was ever was like a champ for AEW is most likely gonna go over whatever. But I was wondering how like they were gonna book like certain matches, certain finishes, and stuff like that. Um, and it was it was cool to see Shingo pick up that win, and I hope it's not the last we see of Shingo in New Japan because I mean in AEW, excuse me. Uh, because, you know, we talk about all this, you know, the Forbidden Door and all that stuff. We've seen guys like, you know, Goto and Yoshihashi oh, on Rampage gosh. last night. And <laughs> Sorry, any opportunity to mention uh, Yoshihashi. Listen, give um, me more shingle. If you're going <laughs> to... Right, well, that was my point, give yes. Give me more shingle. Listen, if right, you're going to throw Yoshihashi... It, it, I was telling this to Brian, right? And I know Brian does this purposely to fuck with me. <laughs> but I was telling Brian, I, I was telling Brian, I'm like, you know... I feel so bad for Goto because he has to like level himself down to be in a tag team with Yoshihashi, <laughs> right? He has to lower his standards and his like levels of just just of being a wrestler. Like Gato should be ashamed of himself. Like how dare you? How dare you? Listen, <laughs> Goto gets a lot of disrespect. Uh, he he's does. been gotten, getting he's a, a lot of disrespect over the years. He's a great worker. Listen. If if Yoshihashi is the Kona Reeves of New Japan, Goto's the Dolph Ziggler of New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, hundred percent, hundred percent. Guy always banger after banger after banger. But you know, you, you know, you know his spot, and he knows his spot too. Uh, oh, poor Hiroki Goto, man. Oh, poor Goto. Uh, but yeah, my point being was that you know we're bringing all these guys like Nagatas and Suzukis and and Kentas and and Kojimas and all that stuff, and all, all those guys are great. But more Shingo, please, man, because he could God, so many more, so many bangers uh, on that freaking roster I, for him i agree 1000 one thing oh one last thing about this match and it had nothing to do with the match it was like afterwards like when they were all like just uh celebrating in the ring and you see shingo doing like the the sting uh the sting how i, I yeah. love 
after matches and like when they're walking towards the back or whatever, like if if you're like in the arena or like in the audience or wherever the venue is at and you're just watching, I love seeing their like little interactions, like when the cameras like mm. stop rolling because like yeah, when yeah. they were walking like towards the the entrance ramp or ramp or whatever, Sting was like a little bit of ahead of them and you see like Shingo and Darby like kind of like acknowledging each other and I guess like talking and you just Shingo like tapping Darby in the back. I don't know, it's little stuff like that. I, I just I don't know. I just, as a fan, I'm like, yo, that's so cool. Yeah, those that's like the experience you get when you go to the shows too. You see how like they interact when they walk to the back with each other and stuff like that. So yeah, no, I'm I'm I love that stuff too. So the next match was Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. This was the perfect match for this Forbidden Door show because they both have history in Japan, specifically Tony Storm. Granted, yeah. I know New Japan doesn't have a women's division, but they have stardom, which is a a a, a big deal in Japan. So I think this was the perfect match. For this forbidden uh, forbidden door show, I thought the match was really really good. It was very hard hitting, very stiff um, from both women. The only thing I will say is, I noticed in being in the arena that a lot of people took their bathroom break and went to go yeah, whatever, which, which is unfortunate because the match was really really good. And listen, you can't be hypocritical when you was like, oh, give women a chance. You know, we need to see more women's wrestling on TV. Yet, but when you're at a live show. You're going to go take a piss or whatever. And it's it's unfortunate because it was a really good match. I understand when you're at a show and there's a match, whether it's a women's match, a men's match, it doesn't matter. When there's a match that there's no substance there, where there's no, um, like, you haven't given the audience a reason to care about it. I understand that. But when it comes to, like, a Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa, that could be a main event anywhere. That To me, that's a main event match. So it's like, damn. 100%. Why, you know, why, why, you know, get up and just, you know, go take a piss or whatever. It's it's unfortunate. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, you can't be hypocritical and be like, hey, give women a chance. We need to see more women's wrestling. But yet when you're at a live show, you, you go take a piss. <laughs> There's always, the women are always going to be, um, you know, that match in the card that suffers the most from that. It's like, everybody's going to look at that and be like, you know, oh, this is the one match I probably care about less you know this is my chance to go get some food or go to the bathroom that's really just always how it's going to be and it's sad it's no matter how good the matches or how good the women's division is and that goes for any company too that's just always going to be the case it's like the women's match is always going to be that one match that you know that's that's your breather um but you know I, they had a great match like you said uh really hard hitting i thought they worked really well together definitely not the last time we're going to see these two in the same ring at the same time um or at least i hope uh that, that's not the last time um, and, you know, Tony Storm took the L, which obviously was to be expected. Thunder Rosa is really just getting going now on her championship run. She's finally getting some some good um, challengers. So, uh, you know, we'll see how far that goes. But Tony Storm's future, obviously, is uh, just going to be really, really bright in AEW. And, um, yeah, like I said, I had no complaints about this. I thought, uh, you know, I thought it was great. Yeah, great match. Okay. This was my match of the night, and it made my list of, like, matches of the year. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. Listen, we're yep. I put it on my list too, dude. We're like, I think what we're like six months into the year, and my list is it's crazy how we're gonna have to. Every year it gets worse and worse with these matches because it's like there's so many great matches, and then you have to narrow it down to ten, and then you have to like score them from ten to one. But this match was incredible, and that's Will Osprey and Orange Cassidy. When this match first got announced, I saw I wasn't one of them, but I did see some people like really Will Osprey versus Orange Cassidy, but like I knew right off the bat that this was going to be a banger because orange cassidy could work i understand that he's a comedic character but the man could go and he proved it once again in this match uh 
This match was incredible. I love the spots. I love the comedy spots too. And, you know, credit to Will Ospreay because he's a serious worker, okay? Like he he's arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world. But just for him to still like give back to like a guy like Orange Cassidy and still like get down and gimmick, you get what I'm saying? And taking some of like the typical Orange Cassidy spots also shows what kind of performer Osprey is. I also wanted to point out that during this match, you saw Juice Robinson appear on on he was like a what, what do you call that gimmick? Uh, yeah, um, it was uh, like in a suite or something like, like suite, that, right? That was behind us. Okay, yeah. So when that happened, I turned around. I'm like, oh shit! Look, it's Juice Robinson who could on ELP. So me being me, right? I'm like, yo, Juice. I was like this, and I threw him a two sweet. My man acknowledged me, me. There he gave go. me a two-sweet two back, <laughs> so he knows what's up, all right? He knows I've been down with the Bullet Club <laughs> since day one. So the, the, our whole section was like, yo, Juice really acknowledged you. I'm like, he knows what it is. He knows what's up. He knows when he sees someone that's like, real like me. Damn yeah, right. Damn he, right he acknowledged he, me. He acknowledged you know? me, all right? He acknowledged me. We're boys. We're boys. He's the homie. Bullet Club all day. But um, this match was great, dude. I, I love this match 1,000%. I knew Osprey was going to go over. But just to see like the, the the beat down from the Aussie Open, at one point I was yelling out, "I'm like, oh no, they're being like greasers. They're gonna give Orange Cassidy a swirly." Like <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked like. And then the best friend show. Oh no, it was Rapungi Vice. It was Trent and um, Rocky Romero showed up. And then we got um, fucking um, Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah, Shibata. Shibata showed up and. Just to see him fucking live, it's like, wow, what the fuck? Like, I wasn't expecting this. It was it was crazy. And he got an amazing pop, too. Yeah, yeah. I, well, the match itself, I'm not surprised it delivered in a big way. I'm not surprised at, you know, how good it was and, and how everybody's saying it's a potential match of the year candidate. Um, because both guys are fantastic. And when Orange Cassidy is given the opportunity to go, especially with somebody like Will Ospreay, um, he's going to deliver. And, you know, despite what you think of the gimmick, the guy is a tremendous Tremendous wrestler. Um, so I wasn't surprised. Although I was I was a little down when they announced this match. And again, it wasn't because I didn't think it was going to be good. It was just because I felt like, you know, given the opportunity to have Will Ospreay here in AEW, I felt like there were so many other opponents that he could potentially um, you know, have a match against. But I think you get this match out of the way. And it's uh, it was a very unique match with both of their styles, but they blended perfectly. Um, Orange Cassidy actually kicking out of the hidden blade oh was a uh, God, was a crazy moment, and I know there was a lot of complaints about that, and I understand that. Um, but you know, whatever, you let some of that stuff slide. I it had, just I had know. no problem with it because the match was just yeah. too good. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of like Shawn Michaels kicking out of the tombstone at WrestleMania 24. Right, right. Like, yeah, it's like, like something you just didn't expect. And then, you when know. a match is so good and it's like, yo, what else do they have to do to each other? Like, I'm okay with now. If it happens in every match, I understand that. But when it comes to certain matches, like when a match is just hitting like at all cylinders, it's like, I'll let that slide. It's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't one of those people all going on Twitter and complaining, but I did see the complaints, and I do understand the complaints to to a point. But they, you know, that's like you know people taking wrestling like really, really serious. Like it's not that serious. I can understand why people were upset about that, but at the end of the day, just enjoy it. It's really not like you know that serious to begin with. Um, but match was outstanding, and that Shibata surprise was yep. great. Um, I saw you know that guy in the crowd with the sign that says if, if I hear Shibata's music, I'm I'm gonna cry or whatever. 
I don't know if you saw that, I didn't get but to um, see that. no, 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 I didn't get to. Yeah, see that. yeah, so the guy actually had that sign, and and obviously, you know, Shabbat is not announced for this, so for him to show up, it's like a one in a million chance. Like, I mean, you know, just nobody thought it was going to be a possibility, right? We don't even know what his wrestling future is. Right. Uh, but that sign was seen on TV even before Shabbat showed up, and. As brilliant as Kevin Kelly is, man, he had a great line. Uh, as soon as Shabbat came out, he's like, that guy with the Shabbat, if I hear Shabbat's music, I will cry sign. Get your tissues or your Kleenex ready because you're going to start to weep. And I thought it was just uh, absolutely tremendous and a great moment, great pop for him. And, um, you know, every time we could see him get physical, um, it's always a treat. So definitely cool for for everybody to, to kind of see. When Juice Robinson, he was he was there the whole time. Him, Hukuleo, and ELP were there the whole time when Shibata got in the ring and was uh, being down on Will Ospreay. He got on the, like this little platform at where the suite is at. He, Juice Robinson almost fell. I don't know if camera if the camera caught that, but he almost <laughs> did fall. No, I did not see that. That's funny. <laughs> I actually want to go back and watch this paper. I'll probably do it tomorrow because um, uh, yeah. I want to know if it, if. How I felt at the show transpires on TV, even though a lot of people are saying like it did, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it definitely did. It the show was just amazing. But let's move on. Whew! If the show couldn't get any better, <laughs> oh man! So Zack Saber Jr. comes out, and originally it was going to be Zack Saber Jr. versus Brian Danielson, which is a dream match waiting to happen. I hope it happens at All Out if Brian is cleared. That's what I'm hoping for. But who knows? Maybe it'll happen in the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom. We don't know. Okay? Yeah. So, there was rumblings that it was going to be Claudio. Okay? Cesaro. There was rumblings. A lot of people speculated this. I know in the minority, there were some people speculating it was Johnny Gargano. I knew it was going to be Johnny Gargano. And if you actually thought it was going to be Johnny Gargano, Gargano, I got one of these for you. Congratulations, you played yourself. While Gargano would have been a phenomenal great pop, it just wouldn't make sense for the story. What's the point of him joining Blackpool Combat Club? It doesn't, just, fit. it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit his style. That's just not him. For the it's, pop, it's, it's not a good spot for a debut for no, him either. No. It's just it's it it doesn't work, you know. And like you said, people people just getting their hopes up for something that you know. Was just never going to happen. As as we got closer to the show, and you know, um, we heard like you know, um, Kenny Omega had an interview. I think it was Sean Ross that said like people aren't going to be disappointed with who the replacement is, this and that. It just became very obvious who it was going to be, and that was Claudio. So we see on the on the um, I don't even know. Do we call the AW the thing the Titron? Do we get the big screen? Do we call it a Titron? I mean, that's like the most common thing to say, right? Yeah, I mean, that's how you people would uh, recognize it, you know, uh, as so. So we see the 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 um, the the, the the Swedish flag, and then that's where that's Swedish, right? Swiss. The yeah. Swiss flag. Yeah, the Swiss flag. Swiss. And the fucking United Center blew the fuck up just by the flag, just by the logo. And then you see a Blackpool Combat Club, and you see Claudio name on it. Um, dude, what a fucking pop! And just seeing Claudio, like I went back and watched clips, but just seeing him live, he looks better than when he did when in the WWE. He looks, I think he looks more jacked. I love his attire. I love the beard, dude. Um, already and Teddy, our whole section was just the, the whole arena was losing their minds. Claudio looked great, and you could tell. That it was a bit emotional for him too. You could look by his like facial expressions how how happy he was to be there. And you know, I know the most common thing is like, oh, there you go, AEW getting another WWE guy. But like, 
I feel like that's an unfair statement when it comes to a lot of these wrestlers because, like, I think people tend to forget, and mostly, like, the AEW haters, right? People tend to forget that a lot of these wrestlers that came from WWE had prior past in, like, Ring right. of Honor. They were already Japan. made. They were already made. Yeah, they went to WWE and made, became bigger stars, bigger stars for some, but, like, a guy like Cesaro, Claudio, he had an incredible run in, in Ring of Honor, Okay. And that's the reason why he even signed with uh, Tony signed him specifically for Ring of Honor. But since Brian Danielson went down, this is like a perfect fit for him. So I just I just loved it. I love this match. Um, I love the reactions Claudio got. It was a it was a technical match, like as we expected. And I'm glad Claudio went over. I think it was it was the right move. And not only did he give us a great match at at um Forbidden Door, but then he gives an incredible match at, at Blood and Guts that we're gonna talk about in a bit. But I, I was so happy for Claudio, and I just, I just loved everything about this match and the and the entrance, and even just the aftermath. I just loved everything. I wish the camera um, didn't botch this as much on TV. Um, I mean, they didn't botch it completely, but it's just like they kind of right as soon as ZSJ's music stopped, they pan to the crowd, and all of a sudden the music hits, and everybody starts erupting. And then even still, the camera doesn't show the stage until like i guess five six seconds after that and then like we see him run out of the the tunnel and there he is i wish they had the camera on the actual stage just to see that flag go up like you were explaining and then you hear the pop um just like panning the crowd and still not showing us who it is i'm just kind of like i mean all right i kind of have a feeling it's claudio but like all right now, now show me the stage if you go back and you watch, um, and I think there's clips floating around Twitter too, you'll you'll know what I mean. I just feel like um, it was similar to when AJ? WWE, uh, when AJ Styles yeah, debuted. That's what people you remember are comparing that? it to. A lot of people are comparing it to the AJ Styles Royal Rumble debut. Yeah, it's like you hear the music and you see the you hear the pop, but you don't show like the screen. Like I, I don't, you know, you're just showing like the wrestlers' reaction or, or the fans' reactions. I'm like, look, show me who it is, you know, and then you could show the reactions of the fans. Uh, that was the only complaint I had, but it's great to see Claudio here. And like you said, he looks so happy and rejuvenated and revamped. And it's basically the same exact reaction everybody gets when they've broken free out of the WWE prison and they're, uh, you know, debuting on AEW television. It's the same reaction. They just look so happy to be there. You can tell a guy like Claudio, too, who just loves professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. He's finally free to do what he was meant to do, and that's to be a professional wrestler. Uh, great match with ZSJ. And uh, he just fits like a glove in, in the Blackpool Combat Club. Really and does, he's the final piece. He's the missing puzzle yep. piece that they needed. I don't want to hear anybody saying, well, who's going to join next? Nobody should join next. The guys that they have in there, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and now Claudio Castagnoli, yep. it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I don't want to see anybody else join because it just doesn't get any better than that. I, I love it. I love it. Because uh, they have a young guy like Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta that's kind of like in a Randy Orton type role, and yeah. it's just, I just, it's just fantastic. I'm just waiting for like the full because they already, they already, uh, they shot a picture. It was like Regal, Moxie, Yuta, and and Claudio. I'm waiting for Brian to be 100 percent again, and then get like a group picture of all of them. Like, good for them, man. Well, uh, yeah. Well, they had that badass photo, um, the group photo in the back. Um, I think you posted it on the Lucha Outsiders page mm -hmm. of Mox bleeding, and mm -hmm. he's down on one knee with mm -hmm. the championship, and you got Claudio yeah, there with the Yep, that's and and we were, <clears throat> yeah, just Noah Brian Danielson, yeah. but you know, I do. So yeah. this next match, the Fatal Four Way for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Listen, let me tell you, I was hype, next level for this fucking match. 
because it's like you got my guy Jay White defending the title. You got Adam Cole. You got Hangman Page and Okada. All four guys got an amazing pop. But let me tell you something. When my guy Jay White came out, I'm like, okay, my boy coming back with the red. I was so fucking hyped. And then when you were hype. I watched Iridian's vlog. <laughs> you were hyped. You were hyped. Listen, <laughs> I was just so hyped for my guy Jay White. I was hyped for all guys, right? Because I'm I'm fan yeah. of all the guys here. But specifically for Jay White. So I, I've been following New Japan for the longest. And when they do introductions in New Japan, they add like a little oomph to the introductions. Like, for example, like Jay White, for example. Mm-hmm. I Prior to this matching, sorry, I think it, like the whole day, I just kept on like imitating like the introduction, like when Jay White gets introduced, right? So finally, when they were introducing like the IWGP heavyweight champion, you know, Jay White, the guy from New Japan, he has like a little oomph to it. So he just doesn't say like Jay White. He kind of does something like this. <clears throat> Clear my throat. He's just like, Jay White! Like he adds like a little, like a little yep. oomph to it. Hey, Leo, yeah, what's yeah. up? Leo's not dead, guys. I, I'm watching him. Leo right is now. here. Leo is here. And he has like a, what's up, bro? How are you, man? <laughs> Leo's here. Let's let's um let's get uh, Leo situated so he could kind of, um, you know, talk a little bit here and you know, what's up, Leo? How are you, bro? Oto <laughs> <laughs> Walking in at the best part of the show. I know, bro. Our Japanese invitations over here. Oh, uh, I, I. By the way, I love that from the show. That was also cool. Like and coming to the ring, Christian. Oh, the Christian call. That was. That's my favorite part of like these dual shows. Me too, dude. I was waiting for the Jay White like introduction because I pop every single time. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple other good ones too, like you know Zakozeba Junior. Like there's a couple other good ones. But like Jay White, there's just so much umph to it. Like Jay White, oh, like there's just so much umph to it. I love and this wasn't this wasn't even the regular guy who does New Japan too. I I was actually missing that guy because I think he's a lot better. I don't know I don't know their names, but this guy was definitely hype. But uh, man, if they had the old guy, yeah. you know you know what I'm talking about the one yes. in Japan. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. you know they didn't have him, but you know another one too. And I don't know if he did this um for the young bucks, but when like the old guy he used to be like Mato Jako San Nico Jako San. <laughs> like I'd love that, bro. So oh man, so hype. But the the Jay White one definitely uh definitely gets Listen, me. As I was so fucking pumped, and already and Teddy were just cracking up because I was I was just hyped. You <laughs> were having just, a good time, bro, I, dude. Great fucking time. So this match was really really good until it got to the final moment, and it's nobody's yeah. fault. Uh, unfortunately, Adam Cole. Um, first of all, he has a torn labrum. Okay, he's been wrestling with a torn labrum, and I think he got it. The hell's a labrum? It's part of your shoulder. It's like right here somewhere. Okay. I believe. Am I right, Ryan? I think the labrum is like in the shoulder somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I think it's it's somewhere in that area that you're pointing you're to. Pointing. Somewhere in the vicinity. So, somewhere in this area right here. Area okay? adjacent. <laughs> so, yeah. um, well, I can't believe Leo's back. Welcome back, Leo. Oh, dude, I, I am so tired. <laughs> it's okay, bro. It's all right. Shit happens. I'm just happy that you're you're back and you're all right. But labrium. <laughs> so Adam Cole is wrestling with with a tear, okay, which he needs surgery. Uh, shoulder, basically. There you go. And then on top of that, he gets like a massive concussion. So like the the ending was a little messy, and I'm almost positive either an audible was called where Jay White was telling Adam Cole like, "Dude, brother, just stay down. Don't worry about it." Yeah. Or he, Adam Cole was supposed to kick out there, and he just didn't kick out. But it was impromptu. It was a little fugazi ending. But let me tell you something, Ryan, and you'll crack up with this. And when it came to our section, I was the only asshole. 
Of course. <laughs> of course. I was the only In what way? I was the only asshole when Jay White won. That was like, yes, my God, Jay White, baby. Yo, I was standing up and everybody's just sitting down, just kind of like distraught. Like, what the fuck just happened? I was like, the ending was messy, but my God, baby, Jay White. <laughs> Everybody's uh, like, oh, this guy's drunk. I wasn't even drunk. That's the crazy part. <laughs> no, yeah. but... um. Yeah, dude. Uh, it, it was an unfortunate situation. Uh, I feel bad for Adam Cole. And, and here's another thing, too. I'm going to put this out there as well. And I might go on a tirade a little bit later. But let me... I, I'm getting really fucking tired of, like, people criticizing, like, Adam's Cole physique. Like, this guy was no. never a fucking, fucking body dumb. guy. It's so fucking dumb. It, it's so ridiculous. Like, people are like, oh, well, he looked a little bit... He looked bigger in, in NXT. No, he was fucking Tanner in NXT. He wasn't bigger. He's still the same Adam Cole. I just don't understand this, like, obsession of Adam Cole, the way he looks and shit. Like, I just don't get it. Like, he was never a body guy, even going back to Ring of Honor. Hey, I got the, a question for you. The the guy was never a body guy. Those people that have the question, have they looked at their body? That's my question. Right, yeah. It's... Again, again, they're looking at the wrong thing. Can the guy put on a match? Yes. Can he go? Yes, that's all that matters. Another and, and people are saying too. Well, look at Will Osprey; he put on muscle. Like, listen, not everyone's the same. Have you, like, have you thought about that? Like, everybody's body works differently, and I, I just, I just don't get this obsession of like Adam Cole's body. I, I really don't get it. It's yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. He's looked the same his entire career. He's he's never really gotten any bigger than he is, and he's never, you know. He's never gotten any smaller, as some people claim he's gotten smaller, which I don't even know how that's even possible to, like, get smaller if, you know, but it's, yeah, he's always been this type of way, and he delivers every single time. I mean, the dude's one of the best pro wrestlers in the freaking world. I don't really know why it's an issue now, but you know what? This is just what people do. This is what wrestling fans do. This is what guys like Booker T do. They they just want to criticize every little thing AEW-related. Anytime somebody goes to AEW, it's always, you know, oh, this guy did that, this guy did that. Oh, but what happened when he was in NXT or when he was in WWE? I didn't see I didn't see Booker T bitching and moaning when Adam Cole was in NXT. He didn't do she didn't talk about Adam Cole's physique once, okay? And I never saw that as a complaint on the internet as well when he was in NXT. But now all of a sudden he goes to AEW. Now it's an issue. I think it's more of like, oh, let's let's see how we can pick apart this guy and criticize this guy in AEW because you you, you can't criticize his wrestling ability. That's for sure. So you got to find something else to to criticize him about. And and this is what they they pick apart. So is, is Booker, I don't pay attention to any of that crap. Uh, and nobody should if you're a fan of Adam Cole. Is Booker T still on contract with the WWE? I believe so. Yeah, he comes on. Yeah. Well, there, there's your answer right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if because if he says anything bad about any WWE guy, then they might not call him again. That's what we gotta understand. Whoever whoever comes on TV with WWE, they always are gonna follow that agenda, even though they're they're not quote unquote getting paid. At the end of the day, they're still on contract with them, so you, you can't you can't shit where you eat. You can't really take anything he says serious. So that's the bottom line. But. As far as this match goes, uh, I agree with you. I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I love all four of these guys. I think they worked really well together. I still, I mean, I know the reports came out that said Adam Cole has a concussion. I couldn't really tell. I, I watched the match back, too. I really couldn't tell you where this occurred. I couldn't really tell if it was a concussion or if it was something else. It was just very weird. Like, I still don't know what point in the match this happened. And then, like, the communication was weird because, like you said, it, it looked like Jay White... Like, 
took it upon himself to finish the match. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if, like, the ref told him to finish the match because Tony Khan saw something in the back. Um, You know, it doesn't look like Jay White and Adam Cole really communicated because you said, like, Adam Cole didn't kick out. He actually did try and kick out. If you go back and watch, he actually did try and kick out. So it was weird. Like, I don't really know, like, who communicated with who for that finish. It was very wonky, very weird. Um, Jay White was not losing the match to begin with, so he was obviously always going over. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm just don't really know what went wrong there, but uh, it's unfortunate. And Adam Cole should definitely take as much time as he needs to heal because he's hurting. And listen, I mean, with, with everybody out right now, he might as well take the time to, to you know, heal up and come back healthy because AEW needs him. So Yeah, I agree 1,000%. I wish the best for Adam Cole. One of my favorite performers, one of my favorite wrestlers right now, and it's unfortunate what's going on with him, but I do hope he gets better, and that's that's all we need. Like, Listen, we want these wrestlers, when they come back, to be 110%. We don't want them to be 50 or 60 or 70 or et cetera. We just want him to be, want them to be okay. So hopefully he does get uh, he does get better, and, and we'll see what happens. Okay, main event for the interim, I, um, I was going to say interim IWGP. No, no, no. Interim <laughs> AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Chip John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I don't know how many years in the making this is because Moxley has been chasing Tanahashi for God knows how long. Uh, Tanahashi got an amazing pop. John Moxley got an amazing pop. Unfortunately, I want to say within the first couple minutes, maybe even five minutes of this match, we had some fucking peckerheads in the audience. I don't know if you got to see this on camera. Yes, yeah, I did. But, man, a fight broke out, and... Unfortunately, most of the crowd started watching the fight in the crowd than the actual match. And I was so pissed off because these people, thats they got what they wanted. They wanted fucking attention. And Assholes. the United Center, I want to say like 80% of the United Center gave them that. Uh, they gave them that reaction. Apparently, a fight broke out and they got into it with security and it was just a very unfortunate situation. And I was watching, like, what was going on in the ring still while this was happening. Because literally, this was happening, like, right in front of us, like, across the arena. So we could see everything. And, and it was right behind the production crew, too. Right. It was hard camera side. So while this was happening, I was telling I was telling Aridia and Teddy, I'm like, yo, I know Mox got to be fucking fuming right now. And I was looking at Moxley's like facial reaction when he had um Tanahashi like in a like in a sleeper hold or whatever, and you could tell how pissed he he was. And I was just I felt so bad for both of them, Moxley because it's like yo this is his moment right he's in a main event, and then Tanahashi is like we don't see Tanahashi in the states every single week. You know it's rare when we see these New Japan guys wrestle out here in the states. So it was a very unfortunate situation, but luckily they did get the crowd back. And you know this match was good. I don't think it was like a, a five star classic or something we're going to talk about at the end of the end of the year. But this was a really really good match to the point that towards the last couple of minutes of the match, yo people were kind of turning on Mox and they really wanted Tanahashi to win. I don't know if you got to hear that through the broadcast, but overall Moxie goes over. Um, I think I've never seen Tanahashi bloody either. Not with his blood, but like covered in Moxley's blood. That was crazy too. The, just the visual of Tanahashi just covered in blood and his hair. Yeah. Like, it was yeah, a crazy yeah. visual. I don't think I've ever seen that. But overall, it was a really, really good match. And I'm happy for Moxley. Uh, I do want to talk about what we saw after, Matt. But what did you think of the match and Moxley being our AEW World Champion? 
thought the match was good for what it was. I really didn't expect it to be anything less than what we got. I thought it was a good, hard-hitting match. It was. It should have been exactly what Mox has always envisioned uh, when you know he wanted to wrestle Tanahashi. I thought it was, uh, like you said, just a really solid match. No, no, like match of the year candidate, but uh, definitely a really solid main event for the show. And um, you know, as far as that the fight in the stands and all that stuff, um, you could tell watching on TV, uh, Mox knew what was up. He saw what was going down, how the crowd's attention was kind of, you know, uh, distracted by that. And, um, you know, he kept looking up and he actually put Tana in a, um, in like a rest hold in like a headlock and kind of like didn't do any like big moves until like the crowd's focus was back on the match. And that just kind of just goes to show the awareness of a guy like Mox and how smart he is and and what a pro he is too. Um, so I'm glad he did that because, you know, it's just like, you make it through this whole entire show, right? And this is a match Mox has always wanted. I'm sure it's a match that Tanahashi has wanted as well. You get to this point, the interim AEW championship is on the line here. It's a big-time match, big-time main event. And, uh, you know, you're going to let some asshole in the crowd who's fighting the security guards uh, ruin the moment? No, no, no. Mox was like, I ain't having any of that shit. So um, once the crowd's focus was back on the match, everything went smoothly. The crowd was into it. Thought it was good back and forth. And, um, you know, Obviously not shocked by the results. I could have taken it either way. You know, Tanahashi winning would have been cool to hold it for a little bit until Punk comes back, and then you get that match that we had hoped for in the beginning. But, um, you know, Mox is that guy that you can rely on. He's that big-time player for AEW. He's, like, one of their biggest stars, and it only makes sense to have him and Punk uh, down the line. I'm still holding out hope it's going to be at All Out. It just depends on how Punk's recovery is going. Um, the fact that we didn't see him at, at the pay-per-view you know, I don't know if that's telling or not. I know a lot of people were like, oh, we should see Punk. But listen, Tony Khan said in, in the post show, like, it just didn't make sense to fly Punk. Well, yeah. you know, to fly Punk in. He lives in Chicago. But to have him show up if he's on crutches yeah. and stuff like that, it just uh, it didn't make sense. But um, no, because then it, it, makes him, and, it makes him look know. weak if you have him show up on, cr- on crutches. Right. Yeah. It's just it's stupid. It right. does, you know, it's not necessary. So after the match, we get the Jericho Appreciation Society show up and a big brawl happens between uh, Jazz and the Blackpool Combat Club. Big brawl. It was a, I get why they did it because they, they wanted to promote uh, Blood and Guts that's ha- that happened this past Wednesday. So I understand that. It was kind of a weird way to end the pay-per-view. But um, overall... I was I was cool with it. You know, it is what it is. It kind of felt the other way. Like you should have you should have finished Dynamite leading into the pay per view that way, like them fighting at the end. Well, we did get that, and and yeah. fucking Tanahashi and, and Moxie were staring. The the Dynamite before Forbidden Door, we got Moxie and Tanahashi just staring at each other while the whole arena was like set on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we, I know. we did get that, but I mean. So I don't know where the camera got cut. I don't know when the broadcast ended for uh, Forbidden Door. But like for us, after the brawl happens, and then, man, you want to talk about an eruption when, um, I was going to call him Cesaro, when Claudio and Jericho were like giving like the give and take when they were punching each other, yo, that arena erupted. Like when they were just facing each other off and just beating the shit out of each other. The brawl was cool. And then uh, Jazz like went to the back and then, you know, Black uh, Pool Combat Club started celebrating, and then Tony Khan came out and he brought out uh, Little Brody, uh, Negative One. Negative One spoke to the the uh, the arena, and the arena was very uh, respectful and gave like a, a Brody chant to to Little Brody. It was really a, a nice moment. And then Moxie kind of just spoke on the mic and just talked about how dope this moment is, and he just loves professional wrestling and kind of like the same thing he was saying like in the press uh, scrum. 
uh, the post uh, the post show. I know there was some um, there's some speculation. People were concerned, like if he had like a, a concussion, because he did say that to the arena. He was like, "Oh, I might have an inc- a concussion," but <laughs> I think he just said that like in the moment because you know he just had like a brutaling like match with Tanahashi, who was busted open. But obviously, he did not have a concussion. But overall, dude, this pay per view was. It was great, dude. Like I said, it was a very close to perfect pay-per-view, even with the changes, regardless of who showed up, who who didn't show up. This pay-per-view was great, man. And I do want to watch it this weekend and see if I feel the same way. But like right now, that, that pay-per-view is up there, bro. Like I let's put it this way. I went to Double or Nothing, and while I did I did enjoy Double or Nothing, I thought Forbidden Door was way better than Double or Nothing. Oh, yeah, and it was a way easier watch, too. The pacing of the show is great. This is how AEW pay-per-views have been, with the exception of Double or Nothing. This is how it should be, you know, 8 to midnight, um, which is what it was. And I, you know, I didn't feel tired. I felt the pacing of the show was great. Um, and that's important, you know. You're, you're asking your audience to watch professional wrestling, uh, you know, for four hours. You know, you got to pace the, the show, yeah. uh, you know, in a good way. The so. four hours flew by, especially being yeah, in the arena. That's what I'm it saying. Yeah. Flew by. But but there, yeah, but there it goes to show you what kind of, when you put a good pay per view and you tell a good story. Yes. Because at, at the, again, Raw is three hours, but nobody could watch Raw for three hours. Oh, yeah. Now, Forbidden <laughs> Door, and, and that's why at the end of the day, pay-per-views, it's supposed to be the payoff, right? Where you have the actual show, even if it takes that midnight. When it started to go off the air, right? When you had everybody in the ring going crazy, you wanted more. And that's at the end of the day what you want from a show. It, you want it to fly by. You want it to look at your clock and say, oh, shit, it's time to go. Right, but then now it keeps you wanting more, and that's what the show did. At the end, now imagine, and I'm gonna throw this out there: imagine if you didn't have any of the changes, what kind of show it would have been? Yeah, it would have been another. <laughs> imagine, right, right? Forbidden Door Two. Sorry, no, that that's definitely <laughs> gonna happen. But um, after the show, we all were hanging out in the parking lot. Uh, myself, Iridian, Teddy, Sam, uh, Sergio. Also, I got to meet um. Teddy's sister, uh, Miriam, and her boyfriend, Chris, which they're great people as well. So we were just hanging out, and then we ended up getting uh, a bite to eat. And Sam and I were, like, in the in the same mindset. Well, he didn't have to work the next day, but I did. But we were in the same mindset. Like, listen, we're ne- it's not like we could drive to Chicago, go to Chicago, like, every day or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm willing to thug it out, right? Like, I'll sleep on the plane, whatever. Mm-hmm. So... We ended up getting a bite to eat. We went to some spot. I can't think of the name right now, but it kind of it kind of reminded me like a kind of like a Philly che- uh, cheese uh, steak spot, like in Philly. That's kind of like the vibe I got. We got some mm. food there, and then um, we were still like hanging out. We went to Teddy's house. We were just hanging out on the porch, just talking or whatever. And then we ended up uh, working our way back to the hotel. And at this point, I want to say it was like maybe one in the morning, and I was wide awake. Like, I knew I was going to, like, struggle, like, the next day, but I was wide awake. <laughs> Keep in mind, Sam and I were, like, in the same, like, oh, we should just, you know, break night or whatever. You know what ended up happening when we went back to the hotel? We were all hanging out, and guess who was the first one to fall asleep? Sam. So, <laughs> Sam. Come on, Sam. So, so he was knocked out while we were all just kind of talking, and we were just kind of I, – I listen, I, I love all of them. They're just fucking great people. I, I've said it time and time again. They're they're my kids, uh, Oridian and Teddy, and Serge is just a good dude, and – you know, we, we were just kind of just hanging out, just talking shit or whatever. And then they 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 were so awesome to, to drive us back to the airport and so we could head home. And, you know, I can't wait to see them again in um in September for All Out Week. And, um you know, if you guys haven't followed them, 
Follow them at Rest Friends. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel as well. They, uh, they There's a vlog there, which I'm featured on. Sam is featured on. They just have great content. They're great people. And those are the people I like to support, right? Um, people like that. Because they're not here. They don't have like a... They don't have like an agenda. They don't just talk shit just to, for the sake of talking shit. They don't they don't promote negativity or or bash fucking wrestlers. They, hey, they don't. look at that guy. Hey, look, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to promote people like that and um they they're just awesome people and I love them to death. But so we had this press scrum happening, and I feel like the biggest takeaway that happened here was the fact that Tony Khan was, like, hugging people. And I know there were some funny memes that made out of it, and I understand all that, okay? They were funny. I wish my wife would hug me like that. Right. Like, and, and listen, and listen, the memes are funny. The, and, like, if you're poking fun, like, hey, you know, he's hugging, whatever. Some of the memes were funny. But just this fact that there was, like, this notion, like, Tony Khan is, like, this creep, and, like, oh, why is he, like, hugging people? Like... Like, dude, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you really going to criticize this guy for, like, hugging, like, a wrestler? Like, listen, I get that. Like, Tony Khan's, like, the type of person that wears his heart on his sleeve, right? He's the type of... He's a hugger, okay? He likes to hug people. And as long as you're not making the other person uncomfortable, that I don't see there's nothing wrong with the hug. Like, you're going to judge a man for hugging someone else. He's, he has no problem openly hugging someone. Yet, you're not going to criticize a guy... That has like a shit ton of allegations that's getting investigated and he's still appearing on live TV acting like nothing is happening. And you're not going to criticize him, but you're going to criticize Tony Khan. At least the man actually gives a shit about his product and he cares that much. He's listen, whether you want to call him a mark or not, he's a wrestling fan that wants to put yeah. the best quality product out there and he cares you could say that he's kind of creepy for hugging people, whatever. But until there's some allegations about Tony Khan, who cares if he hugs people? Listen, whether it's Ryan or Leo, if I have love for someone or I appreciate someone, listen, I have no problem hugging them. Like, it is what it is. Like, I don't care. Like, every time I see Leo, we oh, shake yeah. hands and I give him a hug because I love Leo. Same thing with you, Ryan. Every time it's not like me and Ryan see each other often, even though like we're not too far away from each other. But when I see Ryan, same thing. Handshake, we embrace each other with a hug. Like if you if you care about someone, what's a big who cares if who cares about a hug? People are focusing on the wrong thing. Are you really gonna criticize a guy for hugging someone? Really? Do you see what's happening on the other channel? <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is just uh, what people do. You know, they pick apart everything. And while it does look a little awkward because he's an awkward individual. Right. He is, he is uh, an awkward Tony individual. Khan, yeah. Listen, I mean, that's just how he is, you know. And, and obviously, talent talked very highly of him. So, you know, again, at the end of the day, he just cares. He, mm -hmm. he cares uh, maybe a little too much, yeah. but it's not a bad thing. That's not and, a bad uh, thing you at know, all. I don't think Claudio, I don't think Okada or anybody else he hugged during that scrum. Right really really took it as like oh my god this creepy old dude won't right. get off me like right. it's just uh you know he's it is what it is it's just another thing for guy. To rip apart, he's you know? a passionate guy and it comes from the people that just want to hate on aew just to hate on aew you know and yeah. Yeah. the tribe th this this notion and this like this attitude of like the wrestling community has become like tribal like like this tribalism like oh WWE this and or AEW that because listen it, it goes in every single direction like just enjoy what you want to enjoy don't ruin someone else's fandom just because you don't enjoy that product you know like 
we could sit here oh. and criticize like WWE and etc. But like, it's not that we want to see WWE fail, and that goes for the same people that are bashing Vince and and like, oh, WWE is gonna go down under. Like, why would you even want that? Like, we don't want WWE to go down under. Listen, whatever happens to Vince and company, it's gonna happen. But we don't want to see the company fail. Yeah. We want we want to see the company still survive. This tribalism and and people just like. Just putting this negative like it's, vibe out it's there. It's not tribalism. It's WWEism. No, but it also comes from like the AEW diehards too. Like it comes from every single direction. Like just the fact that you can't enjoy. Like if you enjoy something, you can't enjoy something else. Like listen, I love pizza. Just because I love pizza doesn't mean I'm gonna crap on Chinese food or I can't enjoy like a good burger. Like I'm mm-hmm. not gonna do that. Like if you enjoy whatever you watch, enjoy. It's okay to like. So many different things. And there's a lot of people in high positions, like someone like Alfred Kanoa. He's a fucking joke. That was like, oh, oh, oh it's going to be nothing but a sausage fest. Let me tell you something. I saw plenty of women at this AEW New Japan show. So he's a fucking clown. And these other people that are content creators and podcasters that make these stupid reels and make these stupid, like, controversial takes for the wrong reasons. Like, if you love wrestling, right? We're all a fan of wrestling here. Why... Try to put so much negativity out there. Why? So you can get a couple of likes? Listen, nobody wants to see your fat face and your fat head. <laughs> Listen, your content is garbage. What you, promo- what you promote Let's is go. negativity. And some of y'all that are in the positions of power, Boy. you guys act fake and people see right through that. Some of y'all that are in positions of power, right? Okay, that, that are getting sponsored by different companies or by like a certain like organization or a certain company or whatever. Listen, you might act like, ha-ha, I'm a nice guy or I'm a nice girl, etc. But everybody sees, a, a person like me sees right through that shit because I know you're a phony piece of garbage. Listen, me, I don't care if I'm liked or not. I don't care. I get behind this microphone and I talk my shit. I don't interact with you guys on social media. And it's not because I think I'm better than you guys. No, absolutely not. Listen, I don't care if you think I'm a jerk. I want you to see me at a wrestling show. And if I'm standing in the corner... Think that I'm standoffish. I will talk to people that I'm cool with. I, if you think I'm a jerk, I probably am a jerk. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not here to be liked. Drop, drop that freaking mic right now. I'm not. Here. I'm not here to be liked. I don't care. Listen, I love what I do here. I love getting on this microphone and just talk about wrestling because I love wrestling, right? But I also have a life. Listen, if I could do this for a living, I would do it. But unfortunately, I have a a job a Monday through Friday. And I have responsibilities that take 90% of my time, okay? And my life doesn't always consist of wrestling. I wish it did. I wish I could do this for a living and get paid for it. But I, unfortunately, I don't. But listen, if Lucha Outsiders just stays in this direction the way it is for its existence, I will be okay with it because you know what? This is what I love to do. I love to get behind this microphone and just talk my shit, talk to Ryan, talk to Leo, talk to whoever when we have people on oh, just yeah. to talk about wrestling. I love doing this. Now, if this grows into something more, oh, absolutely. I will love that too. But I'm not going to act fake. I'm not going to act like I'm Mr. Nice Guy or whatever and, you know, put people over and then talk shit behind them or just say something controversial just to get likes and hits. That's not me. I'd rather bury the people that are fake and that talk so much garbage for no fucking reason, yet you say you love fucking wrestling. You don't love wrestling. The only thing that you do is just talk shit behind your little stupid content or whatever just to get a like or a hit. But at the end of the day, your content is garbage. You can't add anything else to that. <laughs> I, I have no follow-up. <laughs> me, neither. 
Me neither. I think I it's, the it's the first time Ryan and I were like, okay, good, <laughs> good point, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just this, this tribalism and the yep. people just to just to ruin something. Like what you like, it's okay whether you like AEW or WWE if that's your thing or GCW, whatever. It's just enjoy what you enjoy, but stop trying to act just to bury something else just because something else is going on, but you're trying to cover that up with something else. Well said. Well said. <laughs> but but I mean, re remember missed. remember at the end of the day, Mario, what a lot of people and unfortunately opinion everybody has them, right? But what a lot of people don't see is something sounds good to them and they follow it. Right? A lot of people are followers. I think the three of us that are here, the last thing we are are followers. <laughs> That's why we're here. Um and you have a, a, a lot of people that, that are quick to keep going on with whatever somebody's saying just because it sounds right. A lot of the people that talk shit about AEW have never actually watched AEW. A lot of the people that w talk shit about New Japan have now been up at one in the morning. And again, it, and it goes back to that, that. They're very easy to follow just because it sounds right. I bet you anything. And that's why I don't talk shit about WWE because me personally, I haven't watched WWE in the past six years. Let me, let me tell you something. The, <laughs> the, the, the high that I was on AEW this past week. You know who didn't watch up with the V this week? And that's this guy right here. Yeah. You can't. Once you go to a show like that and on a trip like that, you need a full like week. And even that's not enough. Um, no, but but that's the thing. Like, like we, we talk about the product here and we talk about both of them. And and Mario's the first one to say if something is wrong with AEW and where they dropped the ball. But but again, a lot of people can't do that. It's it's dialogue. A lot of people just focus on the negative, but can't say something correct about the positive. Again, at the end of the day, it's not dialogue. At the end of the day, it's just your opinion, and, and everybody is just like an asshole. Everybody has one. So, dale, Mario. AW Blood and Guts. Yeah, don't, don't ever do it again, because then we have nothing to say. <laughs> this, like. this was the second. <laughs> no, you know what? Because there's a lot no, of people no, that it's are true. in either positions of power or they're quote-unquote content creators, but yet what they promote and what they put out there is just trash. They, they buy just their doing followers. It. Yeah, they're they just doing it for like a light, or they'll have like a controversial take that ain't even a good one without no bullet points. Like, it's just... It's just terrible i hate people that are followers of people that are just doing it just to beat somebody but at the end of the day they're really no one and you know their contract is trash there their content go. is garbage anyways blood and guts dude this is one of these situations where the sequel was better than the original i did like the first blood and guts match um despite the criticism about the ending but this blood and guts match we got wednesday night just blew it out of the water oh, yeah. props to every single performer in this match unfortunately they, it looks like santana is going to be out of action there was an injury there but, like, Sammy G and Claudio, bro, uh, man, th those two, what they were doing in this match was fucking incredible. Yeah, this match was just freaking balls to the wall nuts. Definitely lived up to the blood and guts hype, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, lived up to the name. Uh, it was a bloody war, and, oh, my gosh. Like, you look at the one they did last year and the one they did this year, just night and day. And they obviously learned from the ending, too. Um, just a, a complete war. I agree with you. I love the interactions between Claudio and Sammy and uh, just really everybody. I love that he Kingston spots in the match where he just enters enters the cage and he starts whacking people nonchalant with the uh, the kendo stick and then gets to Jericho and everything like that. Mox was great. Um, everybody was just outstanding. The stuff on the top of the cage was just brilliant. I freaking love the Cesaro. Oh, I'm sorry. The Claudio swing, I guess. <laughs> Yo, uh, Jericho said that that was really scary for him being on top. And you know what? On on the day, the night of Forbidden Door, when he made his debut, when Claudio made his debut, 
I was like, yo, what if he does the big swing on top of the cage? And that's what, exactly what happened on Wednesday night. I didn't even think about that even being a possibility, but my goodness, that's that was it was just such a cool visual, man. Uh, just freaking awesome. And then, of course, uh, you know, the bump that Sammy takes off oh. the, the cage. I knew it had to be Sammy in this. Chris Jericho was not taking this spot um, again after the, the, the disaster last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Kingston was not taking this. So once you see the three of them up there, I was like, all right, obviously Sammy's taking this spot. Mm-hmm. And it's the right decision because, number one, I don't think Sammy Guevara fears anything. He's like Darby Allen. He's willing to throw his body on the line like that. And number two, Sammy G makes everything look good. He really does. I mean, the way he just turns his body, what a pro. Um, This spot looks so good. I mean, just just tremendous, man. I mean, the... the, the, um, the shots from the, from the people in the crowd, you know, I saw on Twitter like some some live fan shots or whatever. Uh, just looks so freaking brutal, man. Just such a such a great spot, and I love the ending here, uh, where you had Eddie Kingston yeah. and you had Claudio up at the top, and then Eddie and is uh, working on Jericho, and then Claudio is working on um, one of the guys from. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Matt, I think it was Matt Menard. Yeah, yeah, and one, and he taps out, yep. and um, you know they win the match, but then Eddie's like, "Wait a minute! Like, I wanted to make Jericho suffer. I wanted to make Jericho tap out." Yeah. And you can tell he's a little distraught, and it's like, "Damn! Like, you know, a guy who does he, he doesn't really like because of past history." Yeah. And Claudio just comes in, and he steals his victory. Um, but you could tell then he like mellows out. He's like, "All right, you know, I respect, I respect. You got the win for our team." But that tension there, mm-hmm. it's there. It's setting up for a feud between those two. And my goodness, I just mm-hmm. freaking, I just thought it was brilliant, man. It really is just a nice touch. And uh, just going to continue that that tension between those two. And uh, yeah, just thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, whenever this match happens between Claudio and Eddie Kingston, I'm hoping it happens at All Out. It's going to be something because the storytelling leading to this match is going to be interesting on where they go, especially with Mox trying to play like the middleman, trying to keep the peace between both yeah. guys. So I was actually watching a video because I never saw these guys in Chikara. Yeah, right? Chikara used to be a Philadelphia promotion. Yeah. yeah. Like so, gimmicks and stuff. so their whole thing has been going back like years and and their their whole feud, and there's a video, I got to send you guys the link, um, where this guy actually breaks down the whole Chikara thing and how it started and, and, and basically how uh, Kingston has been saying since that moment that Claudio ran, that he ran away. Yeah. yeah. So again, that storytelling is going to be cool the way that they kind of bring it back. Because you can see right away where they're going to go with it. They're going to go with them, too. Just going at each other. Um, by the way, I really like the outfit that uh, Claudia wears. Yeah. It's on we point. Said, we said the same thing, Just too. saying. So Santana gets hurt. Um, it's very unfortunate. Very sad. There's uh, cheese, man. But there is something going on besides the injury. I don't know if you got yeah. to see uh, this post that I did. 128 uh, days. About it. But I did. So... Let me backtrack a little bit. So I want to say around about a year ago, give or take, I started getting like a really bad vibe between uh, Proud and Powerful. Not necessarily from the Ortiz side of things, but from Santana. He was being very like throwing like little subliminals on social media. And I felt like in a lot of his posts, he would kind of leave Ortiz out. And that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. And I started noticing, I'm like, that's kind of strange because they're so tight. Like they're like brothers, right? Yeah. Because they've been together for years. Going back to before even LAX when they were known as EYFBO. So like this is something 
going back a while ago. So I started getting it like around like um, Arthur Ashe time of a year ago. I started getting like these vibes from Santana, and I was like, mm, maybe it's just me, but whatever. Fast forward to a couple a couple months ago, I want to say like the beginning of 2022, Santana started taking bookings as a solo act. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Maybe he wants to like test his to, you know test himself as a singles wrestler, or whatever. I found that interesting, and then um, I noticed like when they would appear on air with each other. They didn't seem as tight as a unit like they once were. Not in ring, like working in matches, but just their body language. Something seemed off. And I was like, oh, that's just got to be mean or whatever. And also, I, I look back and just see him because I've seen these two, like, grow up in the business, right? Like, I've seen them in independent shows, and I've seen them, like, in House of Glory. And, I and I you know, before they even went to Impact, like, I've seen these guys do independence. And when it comes to Ortiz and Santana, Ortiz has always been, like, the laid-back guy. Santana has always been more of the hothead, all right? And this is just for my brief interaction. I'm not saying that I've got, have had a, a bad interaction with either one of them. That's not what I'm saying. But just how they both are as people, you could tell that Ortiz is a little bit more laid back and Santana is a little bit more of the vocal hot one. So I'm like, man, I really hope something isn't going on here. And then Santana goes down with an injury. And prior to e prior to even the injury and prior to what we saw this past week, he's just like tweeting out like little subliminals like 126 days or soon and this and that. Mm -hmm. So then uh, 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 Sean Ross Sapp, which I know people crap on him or whatever. I think he's somewhat reliable. He he didn't report this as I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's reporting this as news like this is an actual fact. But he did say like he did hear rumblings that something is going on between Ortiz and Santana that they're not as close anymore and it seems potentially Santana might be on his way out of September and who knows maybe Ortiz is gonna stay and if you think about it he pointed he pointed a couple of interesting interesting things out that they haven't really had like a tag match as a unit together since like February and everything they've been involved with is either like mixed mixed tags or like as single like a singles match or whatever so it 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 does hurt me because I'm like, man, like these two were so good. And I wish they would have had like an AEW tag title run. And then also as a fan, like we don't know them, their personal lives or whatever. It makes you wonder like, what the fuck happened here? So it does make me sad. I do hope, I do wish the best for Santana, whatever direction he goes. Maybe this ain't true. Maybe this is just all like just rumor and speculation. Maybe everything is okay with them. But just to see how they grew and evolve as a tag team and as a unit, it does make me sad a little bit that there potentially might be something going on there. Yeah, I ne I didn't notice any of the stuff that you were saying. I mean, I don't know. I just I I guess I don't pay attention. Um, I'm gonna pay attention here and there, but I just never really like saw anything that was off or that gave me the impression that like something was going on between those two. I never really just noticed anything. Um, and I didn't even see the story at all until I saw the post on the Lucha Outsiders on Instagram. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty surprising the fact that you can go from traveling up and down the road and to all these cities and, and all these years together. And you grow this tight bond and you have so many memories in, in this business together. You sacrifice so much with each other. Um, the fact that two guys like this so close at one point could just drift away um, just seems weird to me, you know? And it's like you said, it is sad because if this is the end of the two together as a team in AEW, it's like, 
man, I can't help but like think about how Tony Khan has really dropped the ball with these two guys. I mean, listen, yeah, they were involved in in um, the inner circle, which was a big fashion. That's a big deal. Working with Chris Jericho over the years, it's great. Featured in some big matches like the Stadium Stampede yeah. and uh, you know Blood and Guts and all that stuff, which is great. I mean, they were definitely featured on TV quite quite often. But it's like, man, like when these two guys came in, everybody talked about how great the tag division was, and these guys never got a run with the the tag belts. I don't even know if they were even ever really in a number one contenders match, and I'm not even talking about like the battle royals that they've done with these tag teams. Like in a true one on one, like number one contenders match, I don't even know how many times they got opportunities at the belts. Man, like those two as a team could have done so much more um, in AEW. And, you know, even going back into Impact, it's like, yeah, they were the tag champs, but you always thought that they could potentially do more. And, uh, you know, like I said, if this is the end for both of them as a tag team or just for the time being while they sort out their issues, it's really sad to see. And it really sucks because, uh, you know, it's one of the best tag teams that I've seen in, in the past few years together. They just they get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, listen, we don't know what's going on, if there even is anything going on, but. This is all speculation, just a very light rumor, but it is sad. It is sad, and yeah, regardless of what ends up mean. happening, I do wish them both the best because I'm a fan of both, but it's just little things that I, I did notice um, throughout the last almost a year that, you know, body language says a lot, man, and then especially if, if in this case, it's just one of the two throwing like little subliminals here. It's like, hey, there's something going on here, whatever, and then uh, an interesting tidbit, too, is that um, do you remember prior to Blood and Guts they showed that video package where like you have like sit downs or whatever and I believe Ruby Saw was talking about how yeah. she's very close to Eddie Kingston and she mentioned like his relationship with like Moxley and Ortiz. There was no mention since Santana there too. So mm-hmm. like I'm yeah. I found that very interesting too. Like that stuck out like a thumb. I'm like, damn, why would they say Ortiz but not Santana? That's weird. Yeah, I, I mean it is weird. I don't know. It's uh it's definitely something going on for sure. Something's up, but I mean, will we ever know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. but maybe not. Um, at the end of the day, they're two great wrestlers, but they're better together. Yeah, than yep. they are separate. So you you we'll probably hear, you probably hear it on the Broken Skull channels when he signs with the WWE. <laughs> right. Uh, um, I just want to wrap up on this whole AEW thing, and then we'll just touch something quickly on WWE. But um, listen, regardless of what you think about AEW. Listen, AEW is not a perfect product whatsoever. But when it comes to week-to-week programming, ain't nobody hitting levels like AEW. Excitement levels, there's no comparison whatsoever. It's just AEW is where it's at. And I know people are going to call us a homer for it or say, like, oh, we're just, you know, being AEW blowtorches or apologists or whatever you want to call it. But it's the truth. Like, there's... There's nothing hitting like AEW, unfortunately. There's nothing. And there's still other good products out there. Like, I'm a big fan of Impact. The Impact had a great show last night with Against All Odds. Um, New Japan, listen, they're, they're building up some steam again after having, like, a questionable, like, 2020 and also a, a little bit of 2021. You know, most of 2021. They're, they're, they're finally getting their groove back. Um, and, obviously, I'm a big advocate for GCW. You know, I love GCW shows. But, overall, AEW... For better or for worse, their weekly excitement and their weekly programming mm-hmm. is fucking great. It's fucking amazing, and it's 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 must watch. Even when it's an AEW that you're like a dynamite, where you're like, oh, that was just a good show, whatever. Even that is still like you still enjoy it when it's like not one of their better shows. It's still a good show. So, 
listen, this is not um, hating on anything else, but to me, a guy like Tony Khan cares about the pro- program he puts out. When he makes mistakes, he does what's best to try to fix it. And he also made an announcement that Ring of Honor will be coming back on pay-per-view for Death Before Dishonor, I believe, July 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm very intrigued what he's going to do with that, too. So I- I'm happy with this this week of wrestling that we got with AEW and, and also New Japan. And listen, uh, I'm just excited though what, what we're going to get in, in the future with, um, you know, they announced the Arthur Asha stadium show once again. Unfortunately, I will not be attending that. It's going to be very, oh. it's going to be very, oh. it's going to be very rough to me to pull that off, especially if I'm going all out of Chicago, but who knows? Maybe I could pull a miracle. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's looking very, very questionable, but we'll see. But listen, um, when it comes to excitement, ain't nobody doing it like AEW. No, I mean it's been that way since they went back on the road last year around this time too. They just uh, their their product is exciting, man. And like you said, while it's not perfect, they definitely have some blemishes. They they they've been doing stuff recently that's kind of like annoyed me, but like not to the point of like where I get annoyed with like WWE. You know, um, my critiques on them are just kind of just like utilizing more of their own roster instead of like uh, you know bringing in randoms like, like a Yoshihashi, right? Yoshihashi, you know, like a Silas Young, like, uh, you know, they keep featuring Marina Shafir every single week. Like, just use the people on your roster. Stop bringing in randoms every week on Dynamite. But with that being said, really not much to complain about. Like you said, it's always a fun show. Even this week with the Blood and Guts, mm-hmm. even before the Blood and Guts match, the card was very weak. I really didn't care about any of those matches. But even still, I watched and I enjoyed, and it's better than what they're pumping out on Monday nights, what they're pumping out on Friday nights, you know? So we're definitely lucky to get the alternative here with AEW. And, uh, you know, for us diehard wrestling fans, it definitely satisfies our wrestling uh, need and our hunger every single week. And uh, it's just, man, we are we are blessed as fans to get this product every single week. Yep. It's uh, It's been fun. And like you said, it, they got a lot of great things cooking in the future too, so... What will we do without Tony Khan? Let me tell you. <laughs> oh man, where would the business be without Tony Khan? That's a that's a question uh, that I, I mean, we'll obviously never get the answer to. But my goodness, could you imagine what the landscape of professional wrestling would look like without this man? Ugh, very scary, scary thought. All right, tonight's Money in the Bank. We're not going to talk about Money in the Bank. We'll talk about Money in the Bank next week. We'll 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 see the direction they go. Um, I do hope it's a good show. I'll be watching, but we'll see what happens there. I do want to touch on two things when it comes to WWE, though. They did two big signings this week. Um, with First, with um, Valerie Loretta. She's a Cuban-American chick. Gorgeous. So, like, just her being gorgeous already. I'm interested, okay? But um, she has a... She worked... Uh, she fought in Bellator. She's an MMA uh, fighter. And I heard her on Busted Open this week. And you know what? WWE got something here, man. I think she could be very marketable, and her personality is very likable as well, and especially if something that WWE has been, like, not missing the boat on, but they've been trying to find, like, that new Spanish-Hispanic crossover star. I think they might have something with this girl, Valerie. Um, I don't know really much about her, about her fighting career or whatever. Do you have any thoughts about um, Valerie? I've never heard of her before um, they announced the signing. I actually thought when they announced the signing, I was scrolling through very quickly. Um, and then, like, I think NXT posted something about, oh, she's coming to NXT or whatever. And um, I thought, like, she was just another backstage right. um, interviewer. I, I really did. Um, I, I had no clue. And then I looked more into it. And um, 
yeah, listen, I don't know anything about her. I did not even listen to her on Busted Open, but uh, it seems like she's very marketable. It seems like she's a big-time star. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like a um, a really necessary signing for them. And, and this is, well, we'll get to the next signing in a minute too, but this is what WWE does. Like, they're kind of moving away from your typical, like, indie wrestler who's yep. coming up the yep. ranks, mm-hmm. and they're going for more people that could make them money. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, but this is where... Like this is why what we're just saying how we're grateful for companies like AEW. You get your love and your 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 you know your um your need for professional wrestling with AEW right. with New Japan with right. Impact, and then this is what you get with WWE with the more of the celebrities, more of the you know the uh, the people coming in from different sports like Bellator and stuff like that. This is what they want. And again, you either watch it mm-hmm. or you don't watch it. People complain about all this stuff. This is what they do. This is how the company operates. It's not necessarily the wrong way to operate. This is business, you know? And it's a different model, too. What AEW is putting out, and, and, and we'll throw Impact in Japan in, in that, and even GCW, what they're putting out and what WWE is putting out is two different models or whatever. Yes, two, yes. Two, two different business models and two different wrestling models. When it comes to WWE, they want to be Disney. That's what they want. And you right. know what? And, it's, and if that's what they want, there's nothing wrong with that because... Obviously, obviously, they've been the most profitable they've ever been, you know? Right, so, right. you know, you can't knock them for that. You could... Listen, when it comes to WWE, the criticism is always comes to booking, and they're questionable booking. Right, it's right. It's always been that. It's never been anything else when it comes to a business standpoint. You get what I'm saying? Like, And I think people yeah. need to understand that. Just because we have a critique, I'm like, oh, why is this guy getting booked this way or oh why why are they putting this guy over this guy like we're talking about like from a fan wrestling perspective it's not how they're running their business right right and and again is this when you put up AEW against WWE my cup of tea and what my interest is is more in the professional wrestling side obviously as your interest too so what do we prefer we prefer watching AEW over WWE but at the end of the day we're still WWE fans we'll always be WWE fans and we'll always watch WWE so I watch it for what it is but yeah the booking is the biggest thing I mean I don't want to watch Roman and Brock for the 47th time in a few weeks at SummerSlam that's my critique my critique is not signing these people you know what it is what it is you know I am never going to crap on WWE for signing these uh, no. like these celebrities because every single time I'm pissed off at them bringing in another celebrity, they always end up killing it and make me eat my words. Mm-hmm. So you know what? If this chick has something to prove and she's going to go climb up the ranks, work through at the Performance Center and really become this professional wrestler and like be there every single week and be a prominent part of the women's division, what is the big deal? I don't see no problem with it. Yeah, I'm with you 1,000%. And also, listen... It- WWE programming has not been good as of late. It has not been good. And when your two biggest highlights the last two weeks has been the Elias Ezekiel situation on Monday Night Raw and then 20 years of John Cena, which he didn't even have a match. He just showed up and and cut a promo. If that's your two biggest highlights in the last two weeks, that's very telling. That is very, very telling. The but direction. again, they don't care because, like you said, they're, mo- they're the most yep. profitable they've ever been, and they can get away with that type of stuff, and they'll still be – profitable and, and make as much money that's it they, they phone it in they know they can get what they can get away with they don't need to put too much effort in and that's just how it is i'm not saying that's the right way to go about it right. at all and i'm not making excuses for them by any means mm-hmm. but that's just their thinking and their thought process and if you don't understand it i mean that's you know that's that's on you like Pretty i said much. i'm not saying it's the right way to go about it but that's just how they are one thousand percent and uh lastly on on these signings WWE signed Logan Paul, and it was a big deal. There was a lot of opinions when it comes to Logan Paul. I'm this is this is where I look at it. Okay, 
Do I think as a person, Logan Paul is a great guy? Probably not. But when it comes to him being an in-ring competitor, he gets it, bro. Whether you love him or hate him, he gets it in the ring. And I can see him being a top heel and being like getting a lot of heat. Like people are going to pay to see his get his ass get whooped by someone. Um, and, and he could work. Like he seems like a guy that is willing to put in the work. Yeah. To to get be in in ring shape and to 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 be the best of his ability in the ring, just like a guy like Bad Bunny and like a guy like Pat McAfee, like he he's willing to do all that. And listen, like I said, I'm not a Logan Paul guy, but listen, if you're gonna give me some entertaining ring matches, why not, bro? Why not? Yeah, I've never like been the biggest fan of the of the Paul brothers, but I after what Logan proved at WrestleMania, I mean he's he's earned my respect. I mean he's listen, he put in the work. He wasn't a guy that just came in and was doing it for the money, doing it for the paycheck, doing it for you know more notoriety, more fame, and you know all that type of stuff. He actually looked like he cared, and you know what? He actually looked like he belonged. Okay, he is a sports entertainer. He was made for the WWE. I mean he really was. Whether you like the guy or you hate the guy. And after that performance where he showed up and he showed out, I mean, like, I'm not surprised that they signed him. I, I, you know, it was only a matter of time. I'm surprised it took them this long to sign him. Um, you know, and who knows if it's going to take away, you know, some of his boxing opportunities and stuff like that. But he probably realized that there's way more money involved in pro wrestling than there is, you know, with his, uh, you know, his, his fights in boxing. Um, this this dude boxed Floyd Mayweather, for Christ's sake. I mean, he's a big deal. Again, whether you like him or not. And go look at how many followers he has on yeah. Twitter, on Instagram. Dude, he's going to bring an audience with him, okay? Yeah. There is a lot of people that I know that follow the Paul brothers that aren't necessarily wrestling fans, but will tune in to, see, to see his see big him. matches. Just to see him. And that's what it's all about. That's more eyes on the product, and that's what they want. That's a smart business decision to sign this guy. So whether you like him or you hate him, again, I know a lot of people probably hate him. You have to understand why they sign guys like this, especially a guy like him. And... Like you said, why the hell not? He's not going to be there every single week. He's just going to do the Summer Slams, the WrestleManias, maybe the Royal Rumbles. Mm -hmm. I don't really see why this is a big deal. This is not the first time they've done this. It's a smart signing, in my opinion. And you know what? After WrestleMania, I actually did want to see more. I actually do want to see more from this guy. Yeah. It looks like we're headed for him and The Miz at SummerSlam. And, and I'm curious to see how that goes. The interesting about that program, too, is like, I know Miz is gonna like talk shit, but like people are gonna be behind Miz. Like uh, yeah, yeah. They're not because, gonna be like, they're said, not gonna be behind Logan Paul. They're gonna be behind the Miz. No, no Logan Paul is uh he's definitely <laughs> he's never gonna be a baby face, he's that's for heat, sure. He's always he's gonna a be a magnet one thousand percent. And at like like we saw at Mania, he knows how to play to the crowd. He knows he just he gets it, you know? He he understands it right off the bat. And like I said, I I see no problem with this at all. Yeah, me either, bro. That's it, bro. That's all we got, man. Uh, I think we covered pretty much everything we needed to cover. Uh, it was a big week for AEW, a uh, big week for wrestling just in general with Forbidden Door and then just the Blood and Guts match. Um, listen, like what you like, man, but yep. if you're still complaining about just a certain product, then maybe you should just stop watching it and watch something else, man. They're plain and simple. Listen, there's a lot of options out there. If you still choose to complain, that's on you, man, because I'm sure you could find something out there that's to your liking, so... Yeah, that's it. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. That's all I got for you. Nice. Plain and simple. I have no idea where Leo went. <laughs> so you can follow him <laughs> at Show. Again. You can follow him at Lo uh, Los Radio. Also follow him at Show Fuboleo. 
As oh, Leo's back. I was just doing your plugs. I, Here. I heard you. Okay. Uh, any any anything else you want to say, Leo, before we? Uh, Losradio.com. Okay, there you go. Uh, plain and <laughs> simple. All right. Um, one. Let me just just appreciate. Uh, just say thank you. Gracias. How appreciative I am for Teddy, Aridian, Good Brother Sergio for their hospitality in my Chicago trip. It was such a great weekend, and Chicago is such an easy flight. It's only a little over two hour flight, and it's it, it's probably the easiest flight I've ever taken in my life. And hopefully in the future, obviously I'm going to go there for all out week, but you know, for little trips, like, you know, a weekend trip, I'll listen, I'm willing to bite the bullet and, you know, sacrifice some sleep just to, just to hang out with, with them and just spend the weekend out there for like an event or whatever it is. Uh, make sure you follow them at rest friends. They're great content creators and they just have, a, they just put out a recent podcast too, covering pretty much everything that we covered, but just from their perspective and they're a great listen and they're just great people. So make sure you follow them. You can follow me at rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you follow us and Okay. Make sure you download subscribe to the podcast version of the show. I too sound You want to be fans. So Apple podcast, tune out, mess clap, Lowstrader.com, Stitcher, Spotify, Spotify. She, Jesus Christ, I can't fucking oh, talk today. Jesus. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you spoke f- fine for two and a half hours. I know. You know what it is? That fucking rant just took a lot of out of me. <laughs> took the wind out of you. Took the wind out of me. So, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever Let's you get go. your podcast needs, and that is it. Do 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 do. You gotta press go. the button. What is it? Too? It's fucking hot as shit here. Also, in the studio, it's fucking yes, it's crazy. Brutal. Ugh. There's a lot of things going on. A lot got, has happened. We got to be thankful for Vincent. Yes. Shout out to Vincent, too, for kind of being Leo and Rated, setting up the production. Rated PG-13. You know what I meant to tell you, Leo? I was listening to um, some old LJSs. You know what drop you think you could get me? El Negrito. No. Uh, remember the drop of... Um, Mire, come mierda. Come uh, mierda. Uh, you think you get me that drop? Probably. Get it's probably in this computer right here. The one right in front of me. See if you get me that drop, because that drop always cracks me up. So now we actually have people on board uh, that are going to be going through that computer. So there's a lot of good gems that are going to be coming out of that computer. That drop, and I also want the Buenos Dias, cabrones. And the translation is good morning. But it's cabrones. Assholes? Maybe. Same thing, but different. Good morning, assholes. Same thing, but different. So, but yeah. (sighs) Dios mío, it is hot. If you guys are not enjoying your weekend on 4th of July, I don't know what you're doing. Well, guess what? I'll be working on 4th of July because my job oh. sucks. By the way. Jeez, the 4th? Oh, my gosh. Bro, I work Labor Day. I was supposed to work Memorial Day. I'm not working Labor Day because obviously I'm going to be in Chicago. But, like, the only holidays I have all is Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. That's it. By the way, shout out to my dad. What crazy shit is he doing back there? Oh, he's he's your house doesn't even look like your house anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. It looks completely, it looks completely different. Dude, I'm so tired. <laughs> I've never been so tired in my life. <sighs> All right. Let's go. I for need the, a nap. For the old man, Leo. Yeah. For Ryan Radar. Whoop. I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time. Hopefully regular time. Keep it Rated R and stay too sweet. Yeah. And good night.
Yeah, we're good. All right, like, you're, you're gonna have to remove a good chunk of the audio in the beginning because, like, we we hit, remember we hit record when 